0: Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to pack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories.
1: The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours.
2: Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a lot to get into today. Now, today is going to be potentially a jam-packed day with maybe two shows, and I say maybe only because somebody else is calling all the shots over here, and Sierra is going to be dictating whether or not we get through potentially four or five hours of content here, but I'm break, I broke it up into two different shows. So today, and what we're going to get into right now, part one, if we do get to part two today, is going to be focused on Fauci, COVID-19, the pandemic of the injected vaccines, and this ongoing cover-up of what we all seem to be aware of today, which is that there is a massive cover-up of, uh, well, I shouldn't use cover-up twice, but a massive cover-up of the injection side effects that are everywhere, The excess death mystery or the baffling illnesses or, you know, every which way you look, there's an unexplainable thing that perfectly correlates with this. You know, and we're not trying to say, as always, that we know for sure that this everything, but we know for sure that it's part of it because that's very clear. But the point is that whether or not there's other things involved is, is up for discussion. But what we're pointing out is how the people supposed to be, you know, the officials and the authorities and the people supposed to be watching out for your health or so they tell you are even asking that question. In fact, they're going out of their way to step over anything that might potentially suggest the vaccine was part of the problem. But today we're going to get into that or in this part of the show, but then I have an entire show, potentially just as long or longer, in- involving the technocratic push here, the COVID-19 shift into the Great Reset, the energy food supply transition, the manufactured energy and food crises, and everything else around that that's driving you to the digital ID and what the slippery slope from there will be. Now, that may end up being tomorrow morning. And again, the only reason I say that is because since while I'm getting ready for both of these shows, I can just kind of tell that she might even be stopping me short on this show right now. For those who don't know, my new puppy and my beautiful Sierra here, which you might end up seeing throughout the show. But just wanted to get that out of the way because if she doesn't do she just decides not to let me work. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to slow down and stop. But that being said, I will do my best to get through this as fast as possible for multiple reasons today. But getting all the data across. But it's really important to see how obvious this is. And, you know, the, the Fauci thing we'll start with today. And there's a lot of up in the air points to make. I'll make them when I get there. Nobody truly seems to know what he will do next or what he, you know, intends to do or what he needs to do. But we're going to go through all of it today and show you all the evidence. And again, this is just one part, one section of an open, ongoing body of work that we've been collecting since the beginning of COVID-19 and before showing you the reality of this. And what they've always been doing, and what the government has always been hiding from you, and how they've always been manipulating what you perceive. But let's start off today with something that I want to give a big shout out to, or just I was in, honored to be on James Corbett's Solutions Watch yet again uh, in regard to pirate streams. Again, this is part two, essentially, <clears throat> and it was a really enjoyable conversation. We got to go through all the all the the censored platforms I've been on, which, by the way, I might as well just read them to you since I forgot I have this right here, which would just probably blow your mind. But what's interesting is there are a lot of them, more than I even expected. And what's even funnier is I think I'm almost positive that there's some of them that I don't remember. (laughs) There's a lot that I don't think I've mentioned before but a great episode. And we not only discuss the pirate streams and how he's doing them as well. And I got to say, I'm, I'm going to own this badge because I'm honored and he is somebody that I look up to. He, he said, I'm the most objective person on, inter, on the internet, whether he's being facetious or not. I take that with pride. And I think that's an important thing we should all strive for, being objective as possible. And even as it tends to irritate people today for obvious reasons or how the objectivity is targeted as the extremism today, there's a reason for that. But the one thing we pointed out on this show, and I also posted it on my website as well, is that we are going to be doing these, and I'm even more honored to be doing this with James Corbett on the 28th, the 4th, and then leading in in September 11th, we're going to be doing watch-alongs on my channel with Corbett, but watching his Al-Qaeda documentaries. So False Flags, A Secret History of Al-Qaeda, part one, which we'll be watching on on August 28th, part two on September 4th, and then we'll be airing live for the first time anywhere on The Last American Vagabond with Corbett, on our pirate streams as well, part three of his documentary that he and Brock have been working on for a while, and it's going to be outstanding. Now, again, just to make it clear on both my site and his site, the links to the live streams that we have posted here are not live yet. So it'll bring you to a 404 they their dead links, but once the day of, they will be active. So the day of the part one and then day of part two and so on. So on September 11th of this uh, Sunday, September 11th, 2022, we're going to be playing this new documentary and doing watch along, talking and taking comments from people and so on. So I'm excited and just honored that Corbett would ask me to do that. So make sure you check this out and follow along, but watch this episode because it was a really enjoyable discussion. And on that note, just to quickly list these off, I think it's pretty hilarious that you guys might, (laughs) I mean, maybe think it's as funny as I do or as obvious as I do, but venmo been censored from venmo twitter six or more times facebook three times linkedin my professional account was deleted patreon which took the money and still does of the people that still think that i'm there tumblr a long time ago whatever that platform was at one point spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher apple itunes uh google in general as you remember we were banned from google products we just have other pirate accounts we use now if i was still using my original login i probably wouldn't be able to use my emails GoDaddy. Don't forget they blocked my podcast and suppressed my site until we switched to the new site. Google uh, AdSense, which was also Google. YouTube. Personally, three different channels. And I don't even know how many pirate channels we've gone over. uh, Over 50, easily. And I think about it this way. Every show I do, we do on a pirate channel. Ever since we got uh, censored on YouTube, all that time ago. And every single one of these episodes gets a strike. Every single one of them. Think about that. <laughs> That's how many strikes, which adds up to how many channels. You guys could do the math. Reddit, we were censored on long before the show even started. Band.video, don't forget, my TLAV video account on theirs was deleted. I did a show on there, which captured that I did have the account and that they just arbitrarily deleted it. No one ever answered for that. Not that they even have to. It's their platform. But don't call yourself a free speech platform. And then ban people on band.video, which is just ridiculous. DLive live still censors my account, which is why I stopped using them. PayPal also took money and never gave the account back. Instagram, TikTok are still censoring our videos every day. You can ask Sar about that. Then some to some smaller degrees, which I'll give them credit for at the very least, if not continuing to do it. But Buy Me A Coffee did censor us for one moment. And then they pulled it back. They admitted to doing it and then said, nope, nope, we did it on accident. And so I'll leave that alone. Brighton, apparently still you can search for my work and it never shows up. I asked them about it. Nobody said anything about it. So... They said, we don't know, and I just stopped using it. Gitter and Rumble, both doing small different things. But at the end of the day, we're still using them. But there's more, guys. I know there's more platforms that we've been censored for. But on that note, not to waste too much time, because censorship is not a new story. I just thought you guys would like to hear that. And If you know any other ones we've been censored for, or on, excuse me, let me know. I'd add it to the list. I find it pretty incredible that we might actually be the most censored person on the internet. Now, starting off with censorship here, I wanted to point out that Claire Craig... MD has been blocked, but censored on on Twitter. And it just is amazing that this continues to happen. And Jay Bhattacharya points out, making sure I am still following him good, suspending Claire Craig imp- uh, impoverishes the discussion about COVID on Twitter. The Twitter interns who made this decision do not know more about medicine or COVID than she does or are more uh, likely the algorithm, which is not even a person, which is simply acting in, in, in accordance with what they put into it. There's no medical personnel Personnel here. They are censoring active, high-level doctors with lots of credentials because they don't say the right thing. Twitter, who's apparently deciding for everybody what the right thing to say is. This is continuing. On the note of censorship, Gateway Pundit points out, Joe Biden enlists China-owned TikTok to partner with Federal Voting Assistance Program in the 2022 midterm elections. Now, of course, the partisan side of this is going to be like, China, China. That's, I, I don't even know why that would be the focal point. All of these governments censor and all of them manipulate and all of them, Russia, China, the United States, across the board, are governments that you should not trust. Despite anybody everywhere who wants to frame what I do as a certain way of pro this or anti that or pro I don't like the governments. But I also like facts. So when everyone wants to scream that I'm this pro or that pro because Ukraine or whatever narrative they don't like, it's about facts. And if you don't like that, I point out that there's not enough facts to make those claims. You call me pro something. Well, that's your ignorance. That is your failing. The bottom line, though, is TikTok as a the point is social media. I mean, what this is like partnering with Twitter to deal with voting. Like, would we be okay with that? I can't believe that we think that working with social media platforms as an assistance program for the elections, I mean, it shows you where this is going. It's going in the direction of more technological control, more public-private partnership stakeholders, people making choices for you because they have investments in the world and you don't because you're just a small little person that works the gas station or whatever they want to look at it as. That your jobs aren't as important because you don't do this thing. But that's a side point. The reality is that there's working with more social media platforms to continue to censor and control what you think and what you can say. And in this case, even working with the election, it's just pretty ridiculous to me. And this is Mark pointing out, remember, the people who shut down your businesses, killed your careers, are now asking that you reelect them so they can keep their jobs. Never forget what they've done to you. Now, before we jump and point at one side or the other, realize that they've all done this, all of them. Hashtag vote nobody 2024. But again, that falls on deaf ears for the most part. The bottom line is these are the same people, the same people that shut things down, the same people that instituted mass mandates and vaccine mandates of Republicans and Democrats alike in the middle, the midst of all of this. And I'm going to get to a point later on in regard to Jay Bhattacharya, doctor, again, pointing out that the lockdowns or rather the shutdown economically or in in general started with Donald Trump. Even Trump it confided in him and said, did I make the right choice? So before we get to, and you can argue he was tricked. Of course, that's certainly possible. Who knows for sure. Either way, though, you have to acknowledge that this all began with Trump's administration and then just continued into Biden's administration. You can't blame one party or the other. They are all equally responsible for all of this. But never forget that they want you to vote for them now. I just think that's ridiculous. Now, on the note of the the election coming up, This is the kind of thing that I have a really hard time getting coming, you know, that you never know for sure whether somebody just changed their mind or suddenly truly feels that this next person really is the one. I'm not even trying to discuss whether the, the comments about to be made are genuine or not. It comes down to the fact that I can't believe we still step back into this game every single time. So in this case, you're going to watch a video of Alex Jones admitting that, you know, Trump, we were wrong about Trump and he maybe he was tricked or whatever. But DeSantis, that's the one. That's the one this time. So now we're back there again. The savior complex all over again. Now, even if you think he thinks this, as you acknowledge that they were, he was saying, Trump's the one, he's going to save the world, and then suddenly oh, I was wrong. Okay, but now that's the one. Okay, well, couldn't he be wrong again? Of course he could. Or couldn't it be something else going on? Of course it could. But we all just are so quick in the two-party paradigm to dive right back into this. So let's listen to what he has to say about DeSantis saving the world. Seeing as how we're just jumping right into the next one, in my opinion, but we'll find out.
3: But the good news is this we have leaders like Ron DeSantis,
2: and we have leaders like Bolsonaro and Vic Victor- Bolsonaro. Come on, man. F- flagrant authoritarians. Why? Because they're Republicans or right. First of all, please hear me on this. I hope that I'm wrong. I literally pray and hope that I'm wrong and that these people are exactly what the one side wants them to be. Saviors that literally do nothing but care about your rights and your medical freedom. And they're going to do everything they can to fight back the powers trying to suppress your rights. You don't think I want that? That's everything I want. I mean, you can't, I'm completely nonpartisan here. I think all of them are bad. So you must believe that I want that to be the reality. I just don't understand why we would think that based on every, at the very least, how many times does your hand have to get bit before you stick it back in the lion's mouth? We need to realize that this is the same game. Now, again, I hope I'm wrong, but we're just stepping right back into it going, okay, this guy's now the guy.
3: Dr. Orban and others that understand what's going on.
2: And in regard to Bolsonaro, like he's put plenty of stuff in regard to COVID where he pushed back and so on. But this is not a good guy. His, I mean, look at the past. Look before pre-COVID. These are authoritarian leaders, period, doing wild. I mean, at the end of the day, being supported by the U.S. government to a large degree. But either way, why? Because ultimately they take a stance against COVID. That is the central play. Now, when it always ends up revolving around one central concept and not everything about what they are, that's politics, guys wedge issues, the kind of things they push in your face right before an election. Not mean, not to even mean that they're not valid.
3: Now I'll say this. I like Donald Trump. And I know the system doesn't like him. And I know I've been persecuted like nothing in my life for supporting him. And that made me kind of pigheadedly support him a few years ago, even though I disagreed with his warp speed.
2: And I get that. That's a fair point, if he's being honest, I get that, right? That you could I we all do that. Where you, you get kind of frustrated oh, fine, I'm out I'm to double down on it. But in any either either way, the idea is simply that he did basically promote this guy right into the ground, even as these things were even as Warp Speed was happening. Like, come on, just just point that out.
3: Because I thought that we had to keep him in office because of the nightmare scenario if Hillary or Biden got in.
2: And there's your two party paradigm. There's your two blesser of two evils. Why are you still playing the game? I mean, just look at the way that worked out. Did it was it was it beneficial? Did Trump save the world or did the system make sure nothing happened, even if you even if he is genuine? And then here's Biden next anyway. Right. This is the system, guys. It's meant to not change. If we keep partaking in the broken system, we're continuing to get a broken result. So why step back into it this time? Because he says so or anybody or all of them, anybody who benefits from the system continues to push you back into the system.
3: Back before they were officially running. But that said, I am supporting DeSantis. The Sanus is just gone from being awesome to being unbelievably good, and I don't just watch a man's actions, as Christ said, judge a tree by its fruits. I can also look in his eyes on HD video,
2: and I see the real sincerity. Okay, so now it's personal and it's emotional. I can tell he's being honest. Really. I mean, come on, guys. This is like level one political manipulation, and this is exactly what happens. Like, I'm not saying he may genuinely think that and and believe it. I'm just asking why anybody else is going to go, okay, I'll be swayed by that. I think that's the case. That's what this is. My opinion, you know, I don't trust InfoWars or this person, especially since, as I pointed out, Band.TV censored me off their platform with no discussion, also took my work and never gave me credit for it. And when they got called out for it, they deleted the video and kept the article up, even though it made no sense with the video gone, because they, I guess, would rather break their article than give me credit for the work. Anyway, you can tell that it frustrates me, but that has nothing to do with the reality of what this is. I hope I'm wrong. I hope DeSantis will save the world. When it doesn't happen, sadly, call me jaded, call me, you know, pessimistic. What are we going to do then? What person will he point to next? And then after that, what person will then be the hero? I'm a father and a husband who loves his children, his country. And they- because we know those things, right? Because we we know, well, if he says that, I'm sure, well, I mean, I, I find hard to believe that any genuine parent wouldn't like their kid. But if you think about the kind of things we're saying. We know that. We know he loves his wife. We know that he feels this way. This is the same as them going, we know Putin feels this way. This is the same kind of thing. I just don't know. This is ridiculous to me. And he's getting red-pilled more
3: and more each day. And then he's white-pilled about the future if we stand up, but he's black-pilled if we don't. (laughs)
2: Can I just point something else out too? Where did all these things come from? Red and blue pill comes from the idea of matrix, as far as I understand it. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I mean, I, I mean, even the point is simply that the idea of it was always about, ta- you know, falling back asleep or waking up. Then we got all these random new things, and it usually comes from partisanship the black pill, the white pill, and the. It's just, you know, I, I find that to be simply, uh, it, it's ridiculous. It's an adaptation, so it means more about what the partisanship wants it to mean. It's either that you're waking up or you're not. You don't get to split that down the middle and be like, this, that's that's what that ultimately is. Because my opinion, you're not taking, you're not waking up if you are in the two-party paradigm, period.
3: He has basic
2: self-preservation
3: instincts, and I'm a sanest guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's clear. I, yeah, we got that in the first 10 seconds. But here is, by the way, The DeSantis promo, you know, just classic, ridiculous, political propaganda. Now, don't don't get me wrong, as I said a thousand times so far, I hope this is genuine and he really just is a family guy. And but what is the point of using the top gun, for example, because it's top gov? Instead of just coming up as an honest person and saying, here's what I believe in. Here's what I want you to know and what I'm going to fight for. No, we got to make some flashy political video because that's politics, guys. The people that spend the most money tend to be the winner about 90 something percent of the time. So well, here's the video that they put out as his prop, as his ad video. I just, I kind of find this to be ridiculous. Freedom headquarters. You know, it's those kind of statements in general that are just aimed at the lowest common denominator. Freedom, it's all about freedom. Like, it's just, you know, you can just, it's like foreign policy, screaming freedom and destroying everything.
0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your governor speaking. Today's training evolution, dogfighting, taking on the corporate media. The rules of engagement are as follows. Number one, don't fire unless fired upon. But when they fire, you fire back with overwhelming force.
2: Okay. Now, how is that going to be misconstrued? I'm not stupid enough to think that he means or the, rather that he in, wants you to think that he means actually firing. And that'd be dumb to assume that it's obviously a metaphor. Right. But the point is, what do you think the other side's going to do? You know what's going to, and then you have to ask yourself whether that is part of the plan to lead people into the reality of the last first right and rights the terrorists and they're going to name them as the white supremacy lone gunman. We we all see that agenda building, uh, regardless of how baseless and ridiculous it is. January sixth and all the different stuff they've been building there. I've been chief among people attacking how they're being set up for that, and it's not real. But my point is, if you're going to come out fight and fire back and attack, and all these threat words are going to be used to argue that he's promoting violence. I mean, why would you do that when you know that they want to frame you for that? I find that to be kind of crazy. But, or, or maybe he's right in doing it because he should be allowed to. I could stand by that. But I just think it's obvious how that could be and will be used. I haven't looked in to find out if they're already saying that or not. But I promise you, somebody will. Here's DeSantis promoting the violence of the right or whatever they're going to do. And that's stupid. I'll make fun of that. But it's kind of like you're giving him a layup.
0: Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking, I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill. Number two. Never, ever back
2: down from a fight. If
4: I could complete the question, though. So you're going to give a
2: speech or ask a question? (laughs) By the way, look at this guy's mask right here. Is that any, is that any, oh, never mind. That's a sticker. Never mind. I thought it was off to the side. Keep going. the question.
0: <laughs> number three, don't accept their narrative. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts. It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives.
2: All right, ladies. Now, and, and also, just to be clear, I, I would be willing to bet that most of the things he's saying right there, I agree with, because he has been doing a good job on, on saying certain things around the COVID narrative and shouting them down for certain things that are wrong, but What's the actual meat of that? What's he actually say? Do you get to see the conversation? No, I guess the assumption is that he was correct in the point he was making. But you don't get to see that, do you? Your narrative is wrong. That's it. And there, the, his side's going to be like, yeah, of course, you all right. But what about and what was the point? It doesn't even matter because this is not about context or meaning. This is about a flashy ad to get you all pumped up about the right side winning. And I can't stand that anybody falls for this. I think people choose to fall for this. And I'm willing to believe that most people are not actually getting into the two party paradigm today. Most of them will probably still vote because they think that's what they should do. But I don't believe most people fall into the extreme sides of this. Just my hope, my opinion, maybe wishful thinking. Ladies and gentlemen,
5: let's jump up on the
2: and there's something to be said about that. I mean, you know, again, if he's genuinely a, a, the person that they want to frame, if, you know, that Alex was framing him as, then it's just him saying, you know, I'm a family guy. Or you could look at it like him using his son for political reasons. Who's going to say? I guess we'll find out as the years go on. And turns out if he's one of the regular people or one, you know, well, I guess we'll find out. In any case, I find that to be kind of ridiculous, especially since Top Gun in general is this massive propaganda series anyway. But going back to the point, or actually, well, I guess. Oh, you know what? I thought I had one more thing. Well, in any case, we're gonna go to Ukraine next. But overall, guys, I, as we lead into this, and I have an, an upcoming show with uh, pa- uh, Yo Pasta Craig from uh, from uh, Convo Couch and and Wake Up to talk about what's ha- the elections and going forward. Because you know, you know my opinion on this abstention in general is a is a legitimate political stance despite them trying to act like not voting or rather you know choosing now to protest to to not vote is an actual actual vote abstention is a legal stance to take right but they just don't want you to know that like jury nullification they don't want you to know about these things because it puts the power back in your hands regardless i don't believe that these things are we think they are i haven't for a long time But hopefully we can break through to just a few more people this year. But starting off with or, you know, moving on to Ukraine. It's amazing to me, first of all, I guess, third of all, whatever, all that these points aren't even discussed for the most part in a lot of these conversations. You know, the idea of what's really happening here, even as we see things like, you know, Ukrainian Nazis trending. And it still is, by the way, it was a moment ago. That's funny. Huffington, I guarantee this is nonsense. I'm a Ukrainian refugee, and here's what no one's telling you. Right. <laughs> just, I mean, how many times Huffington Post just literally blindly regurgitated exactly what Ukraine says and then shown to be false, but yet let's trust them now and trust that's not somebody who's been... I mean, it does, I it get off the point. The point is Ukrainian Nazis is genuinely something that has been trending on and off for weeks because it's real, and they ever even admitted that that's the case. And then remember, that's a discussion that they shouted down aggressively in the beginning because they were following orders and most of them thought they were right when they did it because they don't care they just want to be correct patted on the head by the establishment even though their job is supposed to be challenging the establishment so they say what they're supposed to say and then when it comes out later that now they're supposed to say the opposite they just say the opposite i don't even know if they realize that they just contradict themselves they're just a bunch of talking heads just not stenographers. i mean i, I mean I don't think all of them are like that, but my God, how can you be in a position where you literally from one day to the next contradict what you were just screaming people down for? Think about how embarrassing that must be, but it doesn't matter to them as long as they're in the right circle and they get patted on the head every day. They look at you like you're the people underneath. You're outside the wall. You don't get any benefit. But here's Michael McFaul saying, to help end Putin's invasion of Ukraine, the democratic world must send more weapons to Ukraine and impose more sanctions against Russia. So a failing war, which literally everybody around the world can acknowledge is going to fail unless they just dump everything into Ukraine. But even then, it's being shown that they don't even have the um, not capacity, but capability of actually putting up a, a good... It's been very clearly shown from across the board that Russia has one by one continued to do exactly what it said it would do. Now, again, that's one of those points right there. People that act like you're pro-Russia are going to say, oh, there is promoting Russia, or just pointing out the facts. Sorry if the facts make you upset, but the reality is clearly that's what happened. Do I know what Russia wants to do? Would they have foul, evil intentions? Of course not, because I'm not stupid enough to say I know what they think. But I would think so. In any government's position, I don't trust what they actually believe. That's always clear. But here we have them saying that we're just going to dump more weapons in there as we know this is ha- failing and as we know that ukrainian civilians are taking the brunt of this no matter what side you listen to if you listen to russia the reality is they're hurting people in ukraine if you listen to ukraine russia's hurting people in ukraine so no matter how you spin this more money more weapons means more ukrainian suffering but that's they don't care about that they care about the agenda and joe points out there is no shaming the shameless And the point is, I already referenced this the other day, but this is actually what there's no, there are no more innocent, neutral Russians anymore, he says. Okay, so nobody, even the civilians you claim you're fighting for, that doesn't make much sense. It's because they have an anti-Russian sentiment across the board, not government, people. But that's the sad reality of where we are today, and that's acceptable. And the the point then is to realize that there are very open, acknowledged, even admitted to by the corporate media, Nazi elements, neo-Nazi elements, fascist elements that have completely overtaken this government and allowed to because the CIA and the U.S. government want that to be the case. I've proven this a thousand times over. So as we see that trending, realize there's a reason for that. And even though that's happening, even though the Yazov movement is in U.S. legislation, it's stated as it's illegal to give them arms. Biden gives them arms, no big deal, because they don't follow any law or rule. Neither did Trump's administration or anyone before them. The point is, this is simply what they do. Biden is now sending more money to Ukraine. This is today, guys, another three billion dollars. There was another seven hundred million. They just just in weapons. Before that, there was forty billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, while they turned down a forty-eight billion dollar, I think, bill about funding American families. But we'll keep sending money, billions, by the way, into the hands of Nazis, as even the corporate media has admitted to. Think about how crazy that is. Now, this is while the, the very same people that they're funding illegally are creating kill lists for all sorts of people. Roger Waters is on there. Eva Bartlett was on there. As it says, British musician Roger Waters is named on the Ukrainian NATO-backed civilian kill list website. Dugan is also on this list, and his car with his daughter on it was blown up yesterday. Now, again pointing out the fact that the list has his name on it might upset some people because they don't want that story. The point is, that's just simply what it says. Well, ca- really the reality is a list you can prove. NATO is claimed as admin of the site since 2015, as can be seen on the site. You can check it for yourself. We're talking about Roger Waters here. Why? Because he speaks up and says things they don't like. Now, here is the list that Evan Bartlett pl- showed this today, or, uh, Uh, Yeah, today, for those who say Ukraine's kill list isn't a kill list, it says a screenshot from the Ukrainian site, which we were just showing, by the way, which you can check for yourself, where a photo of Daria uh, Dugina is crossed out and it says liquidated. They're openly flaunting her murder because they know, like with Israel, that they can murder Palestinians and the U.S. government won't care. Same thing here, despite the fact that this is an open war crime in any way you spin it. The bottom line is, guys, that there's a lot of this happening. We talked about the blogger who was shot in his car that they openly promoted and said, that's going to happen more. You know, all these pesky facts getting in the way of the people's narratives. I get it. Well, here's another example of something that we continue to show you during all of it that they shouted down as fake news, but has been routinely shown to be what they do. On video, openly promoting this and, and laughing about it, Ukrainian soldiers, and so on. Hundreds of mainstream media articles on why Ukrainians are leaving the country. And somehow, not a single one mentions the new national pastime, hunting down Roma or Russian speakers, beating them and leaving them bound, gagged, and exposed to the elements. Remember these things that they said were fake news, taping them to these, pulling their pants down, in, in many cases doing very violent things to them. This is daily life in the EU can, uh, candidate nation of, of, of Ukraine. Remember the gr- Ukraine right now, potentially trying to be part of NATO, potentially trying to be part of the EU, right? The channel said that the, uh, Dnirpo said uh, she refused to speak Ukrainian at, a, at an establishment. Maybe she refused to yell, Slava Ukrainian. The point is this is happening to Russian speakers and it's been shown very clearly to continue to happen and by the way, assassinating civilians who don't say the right things as well. This has all been proven. Things like Bucha or the Kramatorsk train station are all these different examples where they've been proven to have been connected to the, the Ukrainian side. Mathematically speaking, especially when you talk about the train station, where it's mathematically proven that the rocket that landed based on the trajectory had to come from Ukrainian territory. Weird how they just moved on after that came out. Well, here is the Ukrainian television station, or one of the main large ones. Doing something that they all act like is a Russian conspiracy theory. Oh, it's one of those Putin lies that where they say they all promote, uh, you know, Nazi heroes and all the statues they put up and so on, right? So, oh, that's right. I knew I was going to do that. Son of a gun. I forgot it's not in English, so I didn't download it. So as this is a Utr- Ukrainian television praising Stefan Bandera. Also known as Consul Two, Hitler spy, see for yourself via declassified CIA documents, which you list right here. You can check for yourself. So here's that here are the, here they are on this channel, putting their hand over their heart and praising a known Nazi war criminal.
6: Right.
2: No big deal, right? And if you point this out anywhere else, they call it they call it Russian misinformation even though there's statues all over the place. They admit to, even though they admit that they were built since 2014. And no big deal, though. All the facts getting in the way. Now, here's Eva Bartlett saying what I've seen of Ukraine's war crimes just in the past few months. And we've already actually gone over this. So please check this for yourself. And the documentation on the ground, you can see all the different things that she's discussed of the people being killed, specifically in Donetsk, that overall the Donbass region, where they are being bombed directly into the civilian areas. Now, here is... Zelensky, or rather specifically the State Department advising U.S. citizens to leave Ukraine because it says Russia is stepping up efforts against civilians. Now, here's the point again. By arguing that the, that the evidence is not there to make the claim that Russia is targeting civilians, people frame that as pro-Russia. And that's the dumbest thing ever, because the evidence is not there. There's plenty of claims coming from the U.S. government, coming from all sorts of sides that aren't actually backed up by enough evidence. But all across the board, you can see evidence of video documentation of people coming out and giving their testimony of actual crimes committed against civilians, of people on the news in Ukraine. As I just said, openly pointing at a blogger assassinated his car and saying, good, more of that's coming because they said the wrong things. Civilians. Right. Proof. But yeah, but it's a pro something, right? Anti something, right? No, it's facts. And the bottom line is, when they point to this and say they're stepping up their efforts against civilians, it's about creating momentum. All they want you to think is Russia bad guy doing bad things. At the end of the day, what we can clearly see is that the Ukrainian government is exactly what the CIA built them to be. A fascist entity rife with neo-Nazis and Nazis, by the way, who are doing whatever they're told to do. Does that mean that Russia, good guy? Of course not. That's stupid. It's childish because it's not that simple and binary. But the reality is that Russia, in this sense, in regard to the people on the ground in Ukraine, is, is or rather put it this way, the Ukrainian military and the people involved with that are the ones doing the worst of the worst that we can see in all of this right now. On top of that... Only a child would not recognize that Russia has been driven into what's happening in Ukraine. Now, do they take advantage of that? Are they still while they're there? I have no doubt. Now, here is what's happening to people that challenge the narratives. And this is a great article from Vanessa Bealy. Journalists who challenge NATO narratives are now information terrorists. This is where it's all going. And by the way, this was a meeting put on by the people we just mentioned, the Ukrainian special services with the State Department and your government. As I said, and this picture, by the way, is, uh, you know, exactly what it looks like. A U.S. State Department sponsored roundtable on countering disinformation was recently held at the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine. The group wildly overrun by exactly what we just told you. Information terrorists, they said, quote, should know that they will have to answer to the law as war criminals, says one of the representatives of Ukraine. War criminals. So now if they say you spread misinformation about the war, you can be arrested as a war criminal which to them means you can be murdered, which, by the way, they don't need a justification to do that. They've made that very clear. So now this is this unaccountable action being allowed or given cover to that they've already been doing because the U.S. government sat down and allowed this to be discussed. On the agenda was legal and state prevention of fakes and disinformation in the context of cybersecurity. So this is essentially what they already tried to do in the United States. The disinformation board It's exactly what this is. Weird. What a coincidence. Now, Andryl Shapovalov, head of the Ukrainian Center for Combating Disinformation, exactly, it's the same difference, emphasized that those who, quote, deliberately spread disinformation are information terrorists. Okay, so that means your entire government is that? I mean, you've already, they've been caught more than I've ever seen in my lifetime in this short period of time lying. The ones I keep pointing out are the most obvious, the ghost of Kiev, where they were grudgingly forced to admit that it wasn't real at all. Or the fact that the, uh, what I always forget her name now, the, 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 the Ukrainian official who was caught lying about Russians raping children and was forced to admit she lied. And the Ukrainian government said she lied. And here we are. And there are still people that act like that's a real story, despite all of that, because they just never saw the other side of that. They only saw the one side, and then their corporate media ran screaming because they didn't want to admit they were wrong, and they never see that they admitted they were wrong. And then when you say it, they go, oh, fake news, because that's how they're trained. The bottom line is they've been caught endlessly spreading misinformation, posting videos of video games and saying that was shooting Russian ships down or Russian planes or showing Zelensky on the front line. Turns out it was from two years ago, right? All these different things they keep getting caught for. And yet they're the ones calling out information terrorists. That's how that works. Shepovolov recommended changes to the legislation to crack down on these terrorists. Reminiscent of the pre-World War II Nazi Germany suppression of media and information channels, and their the answer is to the law as you have to answer to this as war criminals to the point. And we're going to get into a moment about the overlap in regard to lockdown and so on around Germany to today. But it says it goes without saying that the crushing of dissent is essential for public support for NATO's proxy war in Ukraine, which is exactly what it is to be maintained. Russia media has already been wiped from the Western-controlled internet sphere. Ukrainian kill lists, such as the infamous. Uh, list we just discussed already include the courageous Canadian independent journalist Eva Bartlett and outspoken Pink Floyd co-founder Roger Waters. Bartlett was also doxxed on Twitter, by the way. And this is a huge story that nobody in the corporate media dared to touch because they're cowards. She was doxxed on Twitter by former UK Conservative Party member Louise Mensch, who alerted Ukrainian special forces to her presence in Donetsk. And a few days later, an attack was carried out on the hotel in Donetsk, housing journalists, including Bartlett. I mean, it's very clear here that these people are not even trying to hide what they're doing. And there's plenty of people on all governments, apparently, just weirdly turn a blind eye. How do you not see that for what it is? German journalist Alina Lipp, who we also pointed out, has been effectively sanctioned and threatened by prosecution or with prosecution by the German government for reporting on the daily atrocities committed by the Ukrainian Nazi forces against civilians in the Donbass region. Right. So even like even if you're. People argue she's wrong, despite the video and documentation and, you know, being there with people like Emma Bartlett. You're going to prosecute somebody. Attack them financially for saying something like this is not free speech, They're not even an illusion of, a, of some kind of representative government. She said they just closed my bank account. They then closed my father's account, her father's account. A month ago, she noticed that all the money disappeared from the account. Over 1600 euros. I released I realized that something was happening in Germany. Who determines what should be put on this list? Who determines their fate? What justice? In a country like Ukraine, seeped in corruption by design, where executions or the disappearance of dissidents and political or media opposition is a regular occurrence. And by the way, those that are going to shout that down, that was being reported on by the Atlantic Council and other groups before this all started, post-2014, talking about political attacks. Plenty of media organizations were calling it, they called it the most dangerous country for media. That was all post-U.S. control. But now we're not allowed to point it out. Isn't that ridiculous? Who is to be made accountable for action taken against those listed on the orc hit list? Orc's what they call anybody Russian connected. Because we already see what they're going to do. They've openly said it on their news channels. We're going to take these people out. So when they do, who's going to hold them accountable? As she says, this is lawless justice that falls under the umbrella of U.S. rules-based global governance. Comply or die, and newly furnished legislation will make your death and state-sanctioned assassination a legal one. The the organizers of the roundtable were the National Security Service Academy, the U.S. State Department, Department of Defense, funded civilian research and development fund, the International Academy of Information, the U.S. State Department-linked National Cybersecurity Cluster, and, of course, the Ukrainian government. If you oppose imperialist wars, racism, Nazism, terrorism, violent extremism, global health tyranny, technocratic supremacy, their class elitism, and pharmaceutical controlled eugenics, well, you're a terrorist, of course. We're all terrorists, if you think that way. Well, that's exactly where we're going to go. Hopefully, we'll get to that today at the end of this show. Here is the actual page, so you can look at it for yourself, Countering Disinformation, Center for Countering Disinformation at the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine. I mean, what a joke. Now, on, the no- on that exact note, here's a small example of exactly that. Here's Al Jazeera calls for restraint as attacks continue near Ukraine power plant. The Zaprosha, I believe. Zaprosha. Now, what's ridiculous about this is you've got a group there right now, which is Russia, who is taking control of the area, knowing that Ukraine desperately wants to take it back, so they're stopping that, <laughs> okay? Now, you, the argument that they're occupying it so that that's where they bomb is kind of, I mean, that's a fair statement. Maybe that's exactly why they're doing it. But at the end of the day, you're not going to leave it alone because you know that the other side wants to take it back. So you're going to maintain that, especially while they're attacking. So strategically, from a military perspective, it makes exact sense this would be happening. But what, you, what doesn't make sense is the very group that was moments ago screaming that Russia was going to blow the world up by doing this, then starts doing the exact same thing and calling it still blaming Russia. I mean, this is just so childish. As it says... Leaders of the United States, United Kingdom, France, Germany have called for restraint around Russian-occupied Zaporosha nuclear plants in Ukraine as artillery shells continue to rain down on the city or near the facility. Oh, and I guess they forgot to say by Ukraine's military, right? That's what's happening. They're bombing the area, which is exactly what they just said was the most dangerous thing that could be happening when it was Russia doing it. But now it doesn't matter, and now it's both their fault. It says in a statement on Sunday, the White House said the four leaders spoke by phone and discussed the situation, quote, including the need to avoid military operations near the plant, which, of course, is basically only saying Russia has to move because when Ukraine keeps bombing it, they go restraint. Everybody needs restraint. No, what you need to be doing is saying, Ukraine, you need to stop playing with fire, even if you feel you're in the right. Like, it just seems utterly ridiculous that this even makes sense to anybody. U.S. President Joe Biden. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, and French President Macron also spoke about the importance of a visit to the nuclear site by independent inspectors. Of course, of course, that's what you want. The IAEA to step in the middle of the war and just do what? To to investigate what exactly? Well, I mean, what that, that means it, it's that is what you do when you're arguably when somebody's breaking rules, like in Iran, where they argue they're building a nuclear bomb and they keep going in and going, no, they're not, and then it keeps being stated. The point is. That is about, in my opinion, getting in anybody in there that can sabotage, attack, or do whatever they want to do under the guise of being there under this mission. That'd just be my guess. But why in the world you would send in an international atomic energy agency during a literal frontline battle over the space? I mean, it doesn't make sense. A flare-up in fighting around the nuclear power station with both sides blaming each other for attacks has raised the specter of a disaster worse than Chernobyl, so they're saying anyway. Arguably, it's not a very high chance that'll happen based on a couple people's assessments, but I'm not an expert in this regard. Well, what's interesting, both sides blaming each other for attacks. Well, if Russia's bombing out from there, all Ukraine has to do is not be right up on the front line. Now, you could argue that's a strategically bad move, and I would understand that. But to bomb back at the plant doesn't make any sense from anybody's perspective, other than using that to hype up the narrative to get people to pressure Russia to stop because you're the one with the finger on the button. I mean, just to, this is you playing the danger And just hoping other people, because they're scared of your actions, will push Russia out of the way. Uh, That's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. And and the reality is that this is only going to get worse. It's going to continue. And Zelensky is going to push this to the line. And all they're going to do is blame Russia. If anything happens, they're going to blame Russia. Now, again, it makes no sense for them to remove themselves from that position, even if it is drawing the fire, because it's obvious that Ukraine wants to take it back. And then when they do, are we not worried that neo-Nazis might carry out an attack and blame Russia, which is exactly what they seem to want to happen? But anyway, going over to Yemen here, I want to make a point about this before we go on to COVID-19. Mick Wallace points out, UN says a child dies every 75 seconds from hunger in Yemen. Let me just say that again, because we pretend they, they pretend to care about children, right? Anywhere in the world where it suits their agenda. But right now, according to the UN... A child dies every 75 seconds from hunger in Yemen. Why? Because they blockaded the ports, because they bomb food, infra- food infrastructure, water infrastructure, and burn their wheat and do the same things they're doing in Syria. But worse, been going on longer. And nobody cares about that? You mean the illegal blockade they still maintain? Nobody cares about that? It's a war crime. Nobody cares about that? How can you pretend they care about children or people's lives or the rule of law when they let this happen? It doesn't matter what the justification is. This is the same thing that's happening to Ukrainians right now. They all stay stand on their high horse while they're the worst of the worst, which I point out usually, which I always point out, makes them the worst possible human beings. Not just doing bad, but acting like they're doing good while they're doing the worst of the worst. Why has the EU supported the U.S.-backed Saudi-UAE genocide of Yemen? The U.S.-backed coalition has bombed food infrastructure, hospitals, blocked medicine, food, and fuel from entering Yemen. I mean, these are politicians pulling this out, guys. Not that that makes it true. But the reality is this has been proven 15 times over. Saudi Arabia continues to do this. Nobody cares. Just like when Israel continues to bomb Syria. And nobody cares. Even though it's a war crime, no one denies that. You can't just say, well, Iran might be there. Can can they do that to you in reverse? Well, of course not. That'd be a crime. Well, exactly. Because it's a crime either way you do it. But you see, the law only applies to their bad guy enemies. A rules-based international order seems to only apply to those that you're fighting. But as you can see, Yemen is the world's world's worst humanitarian crisis. And it's been that way for a long time. And they continue. Now, on the point of Yemen, and this will tie in potentially to the next show we'll get into, is the reality of the energy manipulation here. Now, this is a great article by Robert Inlakesh put up today. He had three articles come out today, so I recommend you check them out. One about Syria. uh, The other one was about, uh, what was it again? In any case... How France's energy deal with the UAE, I think I said that wrong a second ago, helps fuel war in Yemen. Now, the breakdown here is to understand that what's happening with this potential deal between the UAE and France to give them more energy is happening simultaneously while they're selling a lot of weapons to the UAE. And Robert's point is that the UAE does not have the ability to supply this unless it comes from somewhere else, which would be Yemen. So the weapons seem to suggest they're going to use those weapons to take more from Yemen, all of their oil or what's left, and bring that to France or somewhere else. It's a hypothesis, but the reality seems to be that all that's going to happen so they can, make, so they can step over the problem they caused is steal more from Yemen. And then what's going to happen there is the average person will suffer more, which is all that seems to happen. And of course, to bring this over into the vaccination discussion and just an overlap sort of foreign policy, as the perpetual shadow ban points out, articles from June 27th and July 6th of this year, less than two weeks apart from each other. Think about how dumb this is. For those in the podcast, first one says, and this was the early one, every branch of the military is struggling to make its 2022 recruiting goals, officials say. Then jump two weeks later. Army cuts off more than 60,000 unvaccinated guard and reserve soldiers from pay and benefits. Because that makes sense, right? So we're, we're it's the same thing, arguing we're short staffed, but we're firing all the nurses, right? This is absurd, especially with what we already know and have they've rolled back the guidance. So if there's no different guidance for one versus the other, why are you penalizing the unvaccinated? Because it was still about control. It's still about showing them you did the wrong thing. Now here, I'm going to actually open this. Uh, let's see. I think it's down here. There's a part down here that I want to get to in a minute. Yeah, I'll leave that down there to include. But the problem is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're creating the very thing you point at as the problem, which you then need to present a solution for. And the solution tends to be even more of a problem. Look at COVID-19. Remember Trump said the solution won't be worse the problem. Too late. It happened during your administration and it continues now. The problem is they're penalizing people for their choices. Now, whether that's even about getting the vaccine in them now or just setting up for the next thing, it's hard to say. The reality, though, is that a lot of people have already fallen in the line, but I do believe more of them are pushing back. Now, here is an incredibly ridiculous video. Department of Healthcare Services puts this video out. Feeling anxious about the future of COVID-19? What does that even mean? Are you getting scared that it might go away even while you don't want it to be here? <laughs> Are you confused about that? Let me calm your nerves and let you know that it'll always be here for you. COVID will always be here. We'll always be here to act like we have something to give you. I mean, my God, anxious about the future of COVID? Why would that be? Well, we're in a position where there doesn't seem to be anything on the horizon. Like the idea of COVID-19 specifically. I'm talking about their narrative, by the way. Right now, they're pointing at Omicron, 0. 0.4 and 5, and saying, well, it's not even that dangerous. It's transmissible, but it's, not, it's less dangerous. Is there something right there behind it? They can see. No, no. Okay, so are, shouldn't you be going? Calm down. It looks like we're out of the, We're up, we're getting better. Well, no. The corporate media hypes everything in the, every shadow and every glitch and everything they could point at. So the people that are still stupid enough to follow along with that are freaking out about every turn and every comment. Oh my God, COVID nineteen is gonna get worse tomorrow. That's what they're doing. Feeling anxious about the future of COVID. I mean, I can't even believe that's real.
6: If you're feeling anxious about the future, you're not alone. Cal Hope offers free COVID-19 emotional support. Call
2: 833-317-4673. COVID emotional support. Well, you know why anybody might need emotional support? It's simply because of what you did to them. That's the reality. The emotional support is only needed because you broke people. In any case, think about how ridiculous it is to be in a situation where you're dealing with a mild flu, if that. And even less than the beginning. And even these people that the look, people that never took injections are not feeling anxious at all. Remember how they tried to spin that and act like you were the scared one for not taking it? No, no, no. We weren't scared about anything. Or in the case of this lie, we were realizing that that the lie was that this thing was safe. The point is that they are scared of the illusion. Therefore, they got forced into something they're now realizing was dangerous or is dangerous. So the people feeling anxious are the people that are supposed to be the most protected under their narrative. Think about how stupid that is. You got four shots and two of Lovas and you're feeling anxious about the future of COVID. <laughs> exactly. That's the crazy part about this, guys. And they're counseling people on that. Well, don't worry, though. If you're scared it's going to go away, rest easy, guys. Because apparently they're letting you know that it'll be right back. It's coming right back around the corner, right?
4: There's a fresh warning tonight of a new COVID wave predicted to hit before Christmas. Let's go live to Rosie Rosie Barnett. Rosie, authorities have released new modelling.
7: Jane, early November is when that next wave is forecast to hit, just as we're gearing up for summer and the festive season. Now, it's not exactly clear just yet how many daily cases we will be seeing,
2: but authorities say it will be significantly fewer than the wave we've just had. Okay, so literally based on nothing, nothing, just to go, we think there might be something because that season, and you report that? Even though the report is that even if that hypothetical, completely unprovable point happens, it's going to be less dangerous. New wave predicted for November. What's the basis for that? Well, because November is re- respiratory flu season, so it probably happened, right? That's not news or science or anything other than COVID propaganda. COVID season's coming back around. Make sure you do what you're supposed to do and the government said you should do during this time. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know many other things are happening right now that are very important to discuss, but they were, we were predicting a new street, another push for a Momicron while most of that country is vaccinated? Why does that even make sense? Aren't they the protected ones? Provided though, there aren't any serious new variants. Between now and then, the key focus will be keeping our hospitals prepared. Of course, because, you know, the unknown hypothetical where there could maybe be a new thing tomorrow means you're all going to die if you don't do what we're told right? You never know. That's what WHO called out. That's what VAJ called out. The HHS called out working on worst case scenarios instead of measured risk assessment going, we never know. It could be deadly tomorrow. So we're going to lock people down just in case. That's what we're seeing. That's the mindset of all these people.
8: It's still coming off this wave. Uh, We're going to have to uh, continue to be in a state where we're being ready and managing COVID cases uh, on an ongoing basis.
2: Oh yeah. So forever. That's that's what he means forever, even though it's not happening now. We need to always be on guard, ca- counting every single case and hyping those in the media and keeping you taking what you that's what they are talking about. Is this look like take the injection, wear the mask and you go back to normal in two weeks? This looks like forever. Who said that again? Who warned this would be the reality going forward? Anybody paying attention?
8: I was not going away from our community.
7: Authorities say the next peak
2: will largely be based on waning immunity across the state. So, Right. okay, so because your immune system has been destroyed and they already know that that's going to happen, which probably seems to be intended. So they have to keep you looped into the new injections. But the problem is that we know that most of these people already got sick, according to their narrative, which means they have some level of natural immunity. And that's not even being factored in. So does that mean it's going? I mean, the bottom line is this is unprovable. Narrative that's about getting you scared about the next thing that hasn't even happened yet, so you just listen to the next thing they tell you. I mean, it's just very frustrating how obvious this is. And no, I don't even think most people are buying this right now. Now, the point was, as Candace Owens very succinctly pointed out, experts told you if you complied with lockdowns, censorship, masks, and vaccinations, life would return to normal. They all swore up and down, Fauci included. Conspiracy theorists told you COVID was never going to end, and governments would use it to usher in a totalitarian new world order. Who do you believe now? Now, I'm not even trying to argue that that's what everybody was saying, or that they're one or the other. The point is simply that there were people that said that. I was one of them, saying that this, not that I knew for sure, but based on everything we have in front of us and the evidence we can see, this is about ushering in the new normal. Not even getting to the Great Reset yet. The idea that we need mRNA vaccinations, universal platforms, the idea that this was going to be used to usher in vaccine passports and digital IDs. Look at where we are! That wasn't this, These were hypotheses based on what we had in front of us or what they outlined, like the EU having an outline from 2016 to now saying this is when passports would happen. I mean, you can't miss these things. So again, guys, the experts said, just do what you're told and everything will go back. And at that moment, Klaus Schwab was on the stage saying, we're never going back. And you chose to listen to them. People like us were telling you that this would be used. And it is, and they're now at a point where they're openly talking about a new world order. Remember how that used to be the craziest tinfoil hat? You can't even say the phrase, and now it's just a blithe, common thing to say because well, we need to because climate change or whatever it is. She's exactly right. Now that doesn't mean just because they said it, they were right. that They are always going to be right. Somebody could have guessed at that and gotten right. Somebody could have used peer-reviewed evidence and will be wrong tomorrow. The bottom line is you have to stand back and realize how the very people that are supposed you're screamed at to listen to were not just wrong, but still doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on that wrong. That's incredible. It's time to wake up if you haven't seen this yet. Now, Fauci, I believe, is desperately trying to get away from how this is collapsing. It is imploding right now. Now, let's be clear about this. And my joke was, as it says, Fauci announces he's resigning from both his positions. I said hashtag, that's how you know it's working. I can't I keep putting that hashtag out in regard to they come out and go, I've got sick for the 37th time, but I've got four shots and I'm grateful. That's that's how you know it's working. Like that's the dumb joke, right? So when Fauci flees in the middle of an administration, that's how you know it's working, right? The bottom line here is that you can argue that he told you he was gonna do this, which is of course what they're supposed to say in July. Yeah, just because he said it like less than a month ago does not mean that he told you ahead of time. That's the same point. In July, saying you're going to leave in the middle of an administration, that's not normal, guys, despite the fact that it's been semi-normalized in the past few administrations where people are jumping ship left and right. Historically, that's not normal, especially when you argue we're in the middle of a pandemic. Doesn't that seem irresponsible, Fauci? You're leaving in the middle of a pandemic, even though that's not what's happening. That's the narrative. The point is, guys, that he chose to do this in the middle of an administration, in the middle of what he tells you is the biggest pandemic in a century, and we're supposed to act like that just makes sense because he's tired? Come on, guys. You're leaving because either you don't agree with what's happening or because you want to get out of the way. That's my opinion. But, of course, there's a lot of conversation about what he's going to do next and everyone's guessing at it. I don't know. He says, book, that doesn't seem probably what's going to happen. It seems more likely he's going to fall in line with some larger administration or larger entity for the bigger push of what's coming next. But we'll have to wait and see. But think about how obvious that is. And here, by the way, is what he just said on the 21st about polio. Quote If you want to get, if you want to put a dead stop to polio in the US, just get everybody vaccinated. Everybody, apparently. Wait a minute. I thought you guys were just the ones telling us that it's only the people that were unvaccinated that were the risk. Oops, that's not true though, because I proved you that with UK, where they were talking about boosters, which means the people that already had it needed a polio booster. Why? Because it's a vaccine-derived strain. That's been proven, that's been discussed in corporate media. It's the strain that they pushed in Africa and elsewhere that's now come back to bite them because this is what they do. So now just go get everybody vaccinated with a polio vaccine, even those that already had it, even those that just took a COVID shot or a flu shot and you don't know whether they interact weird together? Yeah, none of them do. And they don't care about any of this. These are facts that are dangerous or potentially so. And that's go, every vaccinated because vaccine's good no matter what. Why would it make sense for everybody to get a polio shot when you're the one telling us that people that are already vaccinated are perfectly safe? I mean, this is just crazy dangerous. And really what it comes down to is do what I tell you because vaccine's good and then I'm going to run away. My God. Now, how about the fact, by the way, also, that we should ask whether what we're calling polio is just more vaccine side effects? I don't know that. But I sure as hell argue that it's possible based on everything else we've seen them do. Well, here is what Dr. McCullough said about Fauci. Dr. Fauci will try to avoid facing the four false claims of the mandated vaccine program. He said, I laid them out just a few hours before he announced his retirement. Well, that's very interesting timing. By making false claims regarding new biological products, he committed fraud and Americans were harmed in many untold ways. So you could ask, and it's a lot. Maybe this is what he's running from.
9: The biggest scandal in the history of the republic the lawsuits that are going to be coming down the pike this thing was rushed to market they lied to us they never presented the actual uh information it was covered up the the fake news media big tech they're all complicit in this and as more and more facts come out um you know i, I told you this the other day i mean i've talked to i've talked to friends of mine that went to the hospital with various uh, problems and the RNs there are calling it the Pfizer clot. I mean, there's just so many things here that we haven't been told, we've been lied to consistently on this vax. A lot of people took it under false pretenses or were forced into it or were cajoled into it or thought it was the right thing to do and we never got the information. I want you to review the false claims of the COVID mass vaccination program and the ongoing concerns... We should have about the CDC's messaging in the in the in the fall.
10: If the CDC would have just stuck with a, a simple statement that the vaccines are new, uh, we don't know if they're going to work or not, or they could be offered for high risk or senior citizens, and uh, it was completely optional. If they would have stuck with that, which is really what the statement was in December of 2020, January 2021, we would have been fine. But instead, there was a series of false claims that were put out. The first one was that the vaccine stopped the infection cold. And you remember President Biden saying that and Rachel Maddow, one of the, the media hosts in the evening TV, saying that, you know, it stops it cold in its tracks. Well, quickly, in 2021, thousands of Americans were being hospitalized and dying, fully vaccinated. So, And real quick, by the way, the reason Maddow said
2: that, and this is a good small example, right? Was that because she did her due diligence? Because she researched the science? Because she combed through the Pfizer data? No, it's because she was told to say that. Because that was the narrative, and that's what she does. That's what anybody in these positions do. Because it's not hard to see if you actually look at the data. It's simply not true. Period. Not from the very beginning, not in the middle, not the end. It's never was the case. The data was clear from day one. They didn't even try. And now we see very clearly why. But she happily towed that line. And guess what,
10: guys? She's going to get promoted again for it. Because that's what happens. That claim went down. The second claim was that the vaccine stopped transmission, that once you take a vaccine, you couldn't give it to anybody else. Well, Michelle Walensky had to come out on TV and tell them, listen, that isn't right. We have scores of studies showing that the fully vaccinated, transmitted to one another. In fact, the failure of transmission should have been a signal last summer to never have mandates. And then the third false claim is that the vaccines make the syndrome milder, that it's uh, somehow, even if it fails at the first two, it's milder. And that's not the case at all. Um, uh, There are no randomized trials with with hospitalization. Death as a primary endpoint with the vaccines of influence that no uh, secondary analysis from randomized trials and any. How many
2: times have you heard this on this show? Right. I mean, and if this is not because I'm guessing or, you know, and Dr. McCullough, Peter McCullough is an expert, highly credentialed for the reason we were saying this is because we looked at the Pfizer trial data. It's not that difficult. And from the beginning. It was shown to reduce mild to moderate symptoms. What he's pointing out is there is no data around whether it reduces hospitalization or death. They say that because they point at something in the world that they say they're seeing. And the reality is that that's being shown to be false in every possible way. This is what I keep pointing at. I'm tired of the idea. Well, it does reduce this over 50 and so on. Listen to what he's saying. That's not, at the very least, not backed up by evidence. It does not. I argue that this makes your problems exponentially worse, not even just the issues that it causes going forward. Myocarditis and blood clots. I'm talking about exacerbating whatever issue in that moment, right? There's no, whether you think we're dealing with COVID or something else, whatever they're pointing at, the reality is that this thing does not reduce what you deal with. And then it also adds an entirely new level of problems. That's the reality. That's what the data shows. It's what everything shows you. Unless you just want to listen to what the corporate media says it shows and ignore everything else
10: observational studies that make that claim, in my view, are invalid. And recently in JAMA, there's a paper by Yeung and colleagues that shows even the perception of being sick with COVID-19 is completely uninfluenced by whether or not you've had one, two, three, or four uh, vaccines. So I can tell you the vaccines have no impact. I anticipate a fourth claim, John. The fourth claim is going to be this fall that the new vaccines prevent COVID from coming back. that the, the rates will be down low and you have to take it like a polio shot. And I can tell you that will be a completely false claim because the new vaccines were approved just on antibody changes. They weren't even approved on clinical outcomes. And so now we have actually no regulatory support for any more vaccination.
2: Right, guys. And don't forget, that's also something we keep telling you is that we're all they did. And even Fauci said this is this saw a clinical response. That's it. So it produced something. Is it the right thing? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. As long as we argue it did something, we're going to pretend that we already know it did the right thing because we're good at what we do or whatever they want to tell themselves. There's no evidence that shows. And again, that's what I just played, by the way.
1: Uh, is this the one? How should we think of micrograms in terms of the amount of spike protein that's produced by the cells? Can you kind of clarify that? The, the, obviously we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response the, the, obviously we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response
2: right so that's one that they don't know how it actually t- translates into the response they get they just get it and go okay we're good <laughs> who cares if there's any weird things we haven't proved that means they don't know why it's happening guys that's ridiculous. But the other one, I swear I had in here as well. Let me see if you go to the bottom here. The one we just discussed, which was essentially that they don't know. That's crazy. I know I had that in here. This is what happens when I go off the cuff. Frustrating. Well, the other one was simply that we don't know if the, there's no correlate, correlative connection between the response and actual protective or immunity. Which means just because we see response, they haven't proven that translates into actually protecting you, which just blows my mind that that make that, that makes sense here. It is. And then, can you repeat the the second question?
9: I do. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of data now. What is your correlate of protection is? Everybody's measuring antibodies; they're probably relevant, but as we
5: know, that's, that's a long question. We need a quick answer. <laughs> yeah. I would say there is no established correlate of protection.
1: Thank you.
10: That was a quick answer, Dr.
2: Right. So no, So we don't know if there's no correlation between what we see and actually protecting you, and then we don't even know how that, prote- that response is even generated to begin with. Those are their statements. And what's frustrating is people on Twitter, for instance, respond to that going like, you know, they just got the data. How are they supposed to know? It's like, well, why is that my fault? I'm not the one that's for proving these based on limited information. The point is that was a meeting they held before approving these boosters for kids. And that's what they found. And they don't even know. And that's still the case today, guys. That's not changed. And all they can do is find some reason to argue there may be something around the corner. Why do you, ar- Why do you find a reason to assume they may not? N- you know, see what I'm saying? Like, there's evidence in front of you. And this is like when I used to argue with people with Trump, about Trump stuff. And I would say, well, here's what he just said. Can you believe that? And people would go, well, he must have a reason. What, is, what kind of answer is that? So your your default is to assume there must be an explanation, even though you don't have one, and therefore excuse it? I mean, my God, that's called willful ignorance. But here's an interesting point in regard to Rand Paul warning the National Institutes of Health not to try and destroy evidence as Fauci exits. Interesting. I'm glad he's coming right over the top, which probably makes Fauci very uncomfortable. But we'll have to see what happens. How much you want to bet they do it anyway? Just like always seems to happen, and they go, "Oh, whoops! It was a mistake, or we accidentally deleted that, or however that works." We got a cyber attack, right? Oh, they deleted everything. It must have been Russia, you know. That's how that works. But we'll have to wait and see. But I do believe Fauci is running for the hills, just like a lot of people did. They they cut and, they cut and run because it's obvious this is not going the way they wanted it to. Now, on top of that, even when there are other things there. The, the approved on paper versions for Novavax, I think, or no, it was Spikevax, and Comirnaty, Pfizer, and, and Moderna. They're not being used. That's proven. But they, on paper, have been approved. And there's also other things they're using, like they even claim Paxlovid, but ivermectin, and so on, or vitamin D. There are viable alternative treatments, and there are approved versions, both of which are supposed to render the idea of emergency use authorization for a new one off the table. That's... A, that's you can... I've looked that up a hundred times. I've done probably 15 different shows mentioning that exact point and pointing at the emergency use authorization page from the FDA and the CDC. And it's very clearly listed. Those two things make this illegal. But Pfizer is asking the FDA for emergency use authorization for its new Omicron specific injection. Why does that make sense? How are we even in an emergency, let alone having a justified emergency authorization Ask. Like, they're the ones telling you this is one one thousandth of the risk for children. That it's not as dangerous. It may be more transmissible, but it's not as dangerous that less people are dying or going to the hospital. Like, how can you still pretend we're in an emergency? And, and even from there, argue that you have to emergency authorize an injection, which means you don't know the full problems or the full benefits that you know, only part of each one and the benefits to outweigh the risks in that moment. But why are you taking a chance on that when we're not in a position that you claim that justifies that or that there are other reasons it should be refused? I mean, this is criminal. I can't believe there's not more people calling this out. It blows my mind. Here is the actual page from biotech. Submitting an application to US FDA for emergency use authorization, specifically for their bivalent. It says Pfizer biotech announced today that they have completed a submission to the FDA requesting emergency use authorization of a booster dose of the Omicron B4, B5 adapted bivalent COVID-19 vaccine for children 12, or individuals 12 and older. So that seems to suggest that it's good to go, right? We're good. We have this. We want emergency authorization. Well, no, because that's not what that means. Approval, arguably, would mean that they have all their ducks in a row. So why wouldn't they just wait for that? Why wouldn't... If everything's ready and you know it's safe and effective, why would you just ask for approval? Well, here's why. The bivalent vaccine contains mRNA encoding the original SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, which, first of all, doesn't make any sense to me. If you're the one telling us 99% of what's happening is anything else, and that that is not... I mean. You're, you're literally including something that seems unnecessary and seems to be one of the largest problems causing all sorts of vaccine effects that aren't happening. You know, I, don't, I hate saying side effects. They're just effects, dangerous effects, blood clots, heart attacks, strokes, which is present in the original injection, they say, together with mRNA encoding the spike protein of the Omicron B4 and 5 variant. So now you've got three different versions of this in there. I don't know why that makes sense to anybody. Now you've got multiple versions of producing spike proteins. Preclinical data showed a booster dose of Pfizer and Biotech's Omicron adapted bivalent vaccine generated a strong neutralizing antibody response against Omicron B1, 2, 4, and 5 variants. But remember, that's not true because they, ju- they admit on the record that they don't know what the correlation is between the response and how protected you are or how it even causes that response. This is as well as the original wild type strain. A clinical study investigating the safety, tolerability, and immunogenicity of the Omicron B4-5-adapted bivalent vaccine in individuals 12 years older is expected to start this month. Which, by the way, as far as I know, is also very dishonest because they already admitted the safety trials don't need to happen. Either way, whether it's tolerability, safety, or anything else, realize that they're asking for authorization first and then conducting research. That's what Right now, starting this month, we're going to start researching this more. I mean, they arguably have done something, but the point is that that hasn't been completed. Why are you asking for emergency authorization? Because they want this to go forward now because of what they tell you is in front of you. Nothing about this is scientific, safe, or based on any history before this. This is off the rails. That's what plenty of experts are telling you. But here's a clip in regard to this exact point. Those updated COVID-19 booster shots. Pfizer has a... Oh, are they booster shots now? Now they're updated booster shots? Aren't they the ones that just told you these are different entirely? We made an entirely new thing? They're not... See, they just want you to feel like they're trying to trick the average person into not knowing this is anything different. It's just another injection. There's another booster. Just don't think too hard. Just go get it. It's the new one. It'll keep you safe. That's not true. They don't even know that for sure, especially since it has all the same potential side effects with the mRNA, the lipid nanoparticles, the spike protein, three different versions of it. That sounds real safe to me. Bottom line is it's not a booster. They're making new, entirely new things without safety testing and just trying to coax people into doing it.
10: Officially asked the FDA to authorize its new COVID vaccine designed to target the original variant and the latest Omicron subvariants. Eva Pilgrim joins us now with more.
2: Now, as far as I remember, I think it was just five they were talking about. But I guess, you know, the Pfizer printout says four and five. So I guess we'll just believe them, which is not smart to do. Good morning, Eva.
7: Good morning, Robin. Yeah, Pfizer putting in the official ask to the FDA for these new boosters. These shots contain both the original vaccine and a vaccine that's been adapted for these latest Omicron variants.
2: Now, see, even right there, like these people don't even know what they're talking about. It doesn't contain the original vaccine. It's not two vaccines in one jar. It is multiple versions of, of instructions to create these spike proteins. That's what it just, we just read it to you. But you see, that just. It, this is just dumbed down for the person that's just going to follow along with what they say. But the point here though, is that they're pushing this at a time when they know that most people already have some form of immunity. And the point is that this has been shown, actually I'm jumping ahead here, I'll get to it in a minute. But the reality is this is unnecessary. It's dangerous. No safety testing and everything else along with it.
7: These shots would be for people 12 and older. And Moderna is expected to ask for a similar
2: authorization as an authorization, an emergency authorization where we're not in emergency when they don't have the legal justification for either.
7: Well, soon. So, what happens next? Well, the FDA authorization is expected early next month. Then the CDC would need to make its recommendation. If all goes as planned, we could see these new shots in arms very soon. Pfizer telling ABC News they will have millions of doses ready as soon as it's authorized, saying they've already scaled up production and they're ready to deliver these doses for September's. States are already able to put in their pre orders, right?
2: Right. So, September. So, like in a week, right? So, they've made them already. Let's not be let's not act stupid about this. These are made and sitting there ready to go to be able to produce. I mean, why does that make sense? How do they know it's going to be approved or authorized? How could you think about that? That means that they know this is going to happen because Biden even said they've already they've already put money out for these things. The point is that these things will go expire, won't they? So they wouldn't risk making these if they knew that they had a risk of not being able to sell them. So think about that, guys. How much you want to bet it gets emergency authorized when they ask for it, even though that's illegal? I mean, I I can't say that enough. But there's approved versions. That alone makes an emergency authorization off the table. But I guess that doesn't matter. And also big news. And also ask yourself what that means for those. So they went through all this process to claim they approved these two on the shelf. And then we're just skipping it over and going to the next thing. So those things don't even matter anymore. It does matter, though, from a legal perspective about creating the indemnity that they need.
10: Dr. Anthony Fauci yesterday announcing that he he is stepping down from both of his positions.
7: That's right. He said he's going to step down in December, ready for the next chapter of his life. He is 81 years old.
2: In the middle of an administration, which makes no sense whatsoever, especially when he's the one screaming about how we're all in danger. But I'm going to go ahead and cut out, let you guys deal with it, though. I mean, it's just, he's running. I I don't, it's very clear. Look at that. We got Donbass trending. Guys, it's very clear that people see what's happening. Very clear. It's probably trending because of this garbage Huffington Post article. But going to the next point, we also have the FDA authorizing already the Novavax COVID vaccine. Same point. Why are you emergency authorizing any new shots? You already have multiple shots of emergency authorized during a case when you are when even Fauci said we're no longer in the pandemic phase. We're not in an emergency and you got approvals and alternative treatments. But yeah, we're authorizing new shots and pushing out new authorizations for new completely styles of shots. I mean, this is off the rails. Now, don't forget, it's exactly what we predicted would happen. One to the next going forward. This is your new normal. They're acting like we're jump. or we're, we're dealing with the problem in front of us. No, they're they're coaxing you into the reality where you just take what they give you next, and it's going to eventually become their universal one stop shop. That's what they're all telling you. But here's Time Magazine, very weirdly putting out an article they wrote back in July again, as if it's new, because don't forget they want you to know this, right? That's what that's about. In most cases, outlets don't just repost on Twitter, an article they wrote last month, especially Time Magazine or these larger ones, unless they really want this in your face. So this is August 20th. Here's the article itself. We already read it to you, by the way. This is July 19th. As it says, two epidemiologists explain why you'll be getting many COVID-19 boosters in the years ahead. Remember when that was a fake news story? No, just get your one shot. They're not going to give you multiple boosters. Everything during COVID was fake news right up until it wasn't anymore. Here's what it says. Several highly effective vaccines were developed at an unprecedented speed to combat COVID-19. That's all fake. Several highly effective. Are we really still pretending highly effective in July or even in June? We already knew that wasn't true. They're 94, 95%, which they're even oh, ended up being 90. No, it didn't. I mean, for crying out loud, this is Time Magazine. 90% effectiveness. First of all, we know that's relative, which makes that not even accurate. But it didn't stop at 90%. I can't believe they're still saying that. This is why people that only watch corporate media or listen or read corporate media believe that 90% of people will die from COVID because they don't know what they're talking about or they're misinformed. 90% effectiveness, that has not been true. And it was never true, by the way, but that has not even been on paper true since the very beginning. It's been down to, I mean, it gets negative 75% efficacy after three months. It starts at 50% in regard to Pfizer and Omicron. My God, that's crazy to me. But it says to expect robust protection from just the primary series of any vaccine is unreasonable. Is it? I mean, think about what a crazy statement that is. For Your whole life, you've been dealing with things like, I don't know, your chickenpox vaccine. And you get, you know, or people that get chickenpox, they never get anything again. Or any of these normal ones where you get these shots, which I, but these days, I'm concerned about all of this. And I always have been, by the way, but I, I haven't gotten anything or given, you know, anyway. Personally, I am completely against all of this because I don't trust where they're at. But to argue that it doesn't make sense to expect it, it's unreasonable to expect it to be one. Why would that be the case? Then it goes on to say, but somehow society has placed too high a bar on what is considered an acceptable number of doses. Oh, so it's your fault, you dummy. You're the one making it a problem by worrying that we need 14 shots or five or six. When we said it would be four, we were called crazy conspiracy theorists. Now, today, when you say five is too many, you're called a conspiracy theorist. It's the same thing that keeps happening. Vaccine passports are dangerous conspiracy theory right up until now you're a conspiracy theorist if you don't go along with them. I just don't know why. I mean, this again, I shouldn't say that. That's why I believe everybody sees through this. It says, instead, we need to understand that we're going to be getting boosters in the foreseeable future and to appreciate their benefits. You're going to get them forever and you're going to like it. That's what that means. My God. And here is Fortune pointing out that COVID has evolved to make you sicker quicker, the new study finds. Well, here's a lie right in the first sentence. As the novel virus has evolved to become more transmissible, that's their narrative, and arguably based on the science they put out with it, that does seem to be accurate, but and more virulent? Uh-oh, wait a minute, that's actually literally false, even based on their narrative. Extremely severe or harmful in its effects? No, no, not even remotely, and that's even what everybody before us has just said, that it's more transmissible, but the hospitalization and death has gone dramatically down okay, so why is fortune lying to you? Because they put those words out in hopes that you don't understand. The bottom line is they're saying it's more dangerous. And that is not true based on even their narrative. But there it is right in front of you. It's also shortened its incubation period. According to the study, the point is, it says that means that those who've been infected will experience symptoms more quickly if they're going to experience them at all. Well, that's not what virulent means. But whatever, I guess these journalists don't understand the words meanings they're using, but who cares? The bottom line is, this is about keeping you scared. It's changing and evolving. Get your new vaccine. It's all going to ramp back up when these things come out. Perfect timing. What do you think? Mark my words. Suddenly, COVID is going to become more dangerous right about the time those injections come out. Oh, and by the way, Japan's quadruple vax prime minister has COVID. Weird, how that keeps happening. I'm sure he's grateful. Jamie Wiseman, MD, points out, and this is where we're seeing this evolve to. Don't forget the beginning, where the vaccine is going to save everyone's lives. You're not going to die. You're not going to get sick. It's going to save everybody. You're going to go back to normal. Just do what you're told. You'll go back to normal. Man, they were all yelling you down, right? That's how it started. Here's how it ended or how it continues. Two things can be true, this doctor says. Vaccination is the most powerful tool we have to end the pandemic and vaccination alone will not end the pandemic. Okay, well, you don't just get to tack on that second part of it. When you said the opposite, you were the one saying, just get your vaccines and we can all go back to normal. And then when they don't work, you go, but that way, that's always been okay that they don't work. And we need more things to, you know, mass and lockdowns together. You don't just get to move the goalpost. And I'm so tired of this. But at the end of the day, vaccination alone end the pandemic, because these things are hurting people, it's creating the pandemic. And even more so, I, I don't want to forget that, as Kurt Vandenbosch points out that the Omicron bivalent injection is only going to exacerbate the problem. Now, that's his prediction. We'll have to wait and see, and I hope it doesn't. But the idea that vaccination is the most powerful tool is just blatantly false in every possible way. That's not even historically the reality, but that's not something to get into on this show because there's a lot going on today. But here we have the reality of why I think they're pushing this in a different direction. Completely empty vaccination centers. You'll see this all over the place. You're not alone. Everybody sees this right now. And people are not doing it anymore. And that's why they're acting like we're going to roll it back and we're going to slow it down. And we're going to shift to something else because that's what they do when they lose your investment. But here's a quick little dance back to this, actually. Well, uh, well, let's play this. This is interesting. And this is in regard. Actually, I'll play this one first. This is Scott Atlas discussing during Trump's administration, the science around why people already had immunity and this is a great point to make because i was making the same point now that's not why it's a great point to make it's a great point to make because it's true and because it shows you that there's uh, at the very least nuance to the discussion of immunity and they knew it back then and they just act they shouted it down and said it was fake news said oh it's a dangerous conspiracy theory and then they um, admitted it later again so we knew it and then we didn't and now we know it again immunity Right, It's embarrassing. They they chose to pretend it wasn't real while they wanted to take the vaccine. And some people are dumb enough to fall for it, apparently. But as it says, immunologist Beta Stradler of Switzerland has been saying this for months. He's been calling his colleagues immunity deniers. He explains how the Church of Science is only using spike protein antibody tests and not other proteins on the surface of the virus in tests. What's interesting, the argument being, oh, look at that. (laughs) See, they're pushing this out on you right now. But what's interesting is that so the argument being that they're only testing for something they want to test for and willfully manipulating that also very interesting. Here's what he has to say. Let me grab that.
5: I was astonished that that there are there were at that time already papers around demonstrating that people who had never contact never. With, corona, uh, with SARS-2, they had a T-cell response against SARS-2. Less than, of course, those who had contact with it, but it was a clear thing. Now, every immunologist knows you could not have a T-cell response without a B-cell response. The two always go in parallel. It's the T-cells who help the B-cells to make the antibodies. So, if you have a T cell response, you are hundred percent sure. No, not hundred percent because there is no hundred percent in nature. So, that-
2: exactly. How many times have you heard me say that? It's embarrassing that they push hundred percent on anything.
5: Ninety nine point nine percent sure that you will have also antibodies,
2: and then the now. This is an important point in regard to the reality of how immunity works. Again, seeing an immune, an immune response, a clinical response, does not mean you have anything that you need. It just simply means it caused a response in your body. Because the reality is, even in the antibody, like taking an antibody test, all uh, you know down the line and not seeing them does not mean you don't have immunity, right? This is the problem with all this today: is we act like antibodies are everything, and that's what they focused on. That's why, as Dr. Bhakti points out, that none of these will work because they don't create mucosal immunity. The bottom line is, you have, an, it, when you get naturally sick. Your body produces antibodies. It creates memory cells and and T, and, the, and, and, uh, and T cell immunity or T cells, essentially. And the point is that you then have the memory cells, which can then act up when you need to produce antibodies in the future. You don't just make antibodies the rest of your life. Now, it's a crude explanation. I'm not the expert on it, but I have researched this. And the bottom line is that just looking at antibodies is a guaranteed way to not actually find the truth. The reality that we're getting at here is that people had these T cell antibody reactivity before COVID nineteen, and in the very beginning, they moved. They, they peer reviewed science, called this out in a multiple different ways, and they just ignored it because they didn't want that to be the case. They wanted to be able to use this to push vaccination, which we're clearly seeing now. The, longer the more uh, people
5: also, sh- you will have also antibodies, and then the longer the more uh, people also shout this commercial assays that there is a kind of a cross reaction there. And the problem was that most of the assays still until today, they are focused on antibody assays on being specific and only measuring SARS-CoV-2. And then what they all make the same thing. They make antibodies against the spike protein. But for many viruses, the other parts of the, of the virus, other surface proteins also contribute to immunity and even to protection. That has that has been described even for influenza.
2: Right. And the point being, and this is why you have lasting, durable, robust immunity when you have natural infection, as opposed to their focus, specific, weird produced antibody or response, rather, in regard to the one thing they want you to respond to which, I mean, you can't, this is obviously manipulative towards whatever they're researching and experimenting towards. Maybe maybe they have no intention of actually helping anybody or, you know, in anybody's minds. I mean, ultimately, who knows? But we do know for sure that this is hurting people. That's clear.
5: For influenza, it's known that some of the core proteins of the influenza virus also delivers immunity. So you have uh, this influenza also a kind of a ground immunity which explains why that many doctors um, they don't like to immunize sometimes but they don't get the influenza that's because they're constantly constantly attacked by influenza viruses and they slowly build up an immunity of course
2: right you know, the way these things are supposed to work. But here's the point, though, in regard to what he's getting at, or rather what Dr. Uh, Atlas points out back in 2020, which is the things that I've shown you a million times, and I'll, I'll show them again in a minute, the peer-reviewed science that discusses that they saw these things in 2020 and 2021, that most people already had some form of immunity. Now, if you just disregard that, you're first of all, you're not, quote, trusting the science, which is what they pushed. We know that already. Those are peer-reviewed studies that said that very early. But also on top of that, if you're not going to factor that in and you're going to force these shots on people that potentially have immunity, one, you could create a problem like an antibody-dependent enhancement problem, or two, you could, you could ultimately hinder their immunity. Well, either way, you look at this, it's a problem and they didn't care. They willfully ignored this because it wasn't about immunity.
9: Dr. Redfield today said that more than 90% of the population remains susceptible to coronavirus. Do you agree with that assessment?
1: Yeah, I think that Dr. Redfield uh, misstated something there. And so the re- last time. And I'm, so I'm going to answer to your question if you but let me finish.
2: Uh- yeah, right. Shut up, man. Like, don't get your political gotcha moment. Let me finish my statement. Like, I, I can't stand these. This is why I have trouble watching these anymore because it's so frustrating. Nobody's here for honest intentions. Not the person by the podium, not the people in the state, in, in, the, in the, the seats. You know, it's just hard to watch. But this is, what he says here is exactly
1: right, in my opinion. The the data on susceptible that he was talking about was his uh, surveillance data that showed that roughly 9 percent of the country has antibodies. But when you look at the CDC data state by state, much of that data is old. Some of it goes back to March or April before many of these states had the cases. Oh,
2: yeah, not not new now. Right. We've seen this happen over and over and over and over throughout the COVID-19 manipulation where they give you old things and pretend it's relevant today because it makes it look better for what they're arguing. That's just blatantly dishonest. But the real point is about what we just talked about. Antibody response is not the is not even remotely. The, I would argue not even the most important thing in regard to creating this immunity, especially when it's not mucosal immunity, but especially when you don't have any lasting the T cell memory B that's what you need to have real full lasting durable, robust immunity.
1: That's point. Number one point. Number two is that the immunity to the infection is not solely determined by the percent of people who have antibodies. If you look at the research and there's been about 24 papers, at least on the immunity from T cells, that's a different type of immunity than antibodies and without being boring the reality is that according to the papers from sweden singapore and elsewhere there is cross immunity highly likely from other infections and there is also t-cell immunity and the combination of those makes the antibodies a small fraction of the people that have immunity so the answer is no it is not 90 percent of people that are susceptible to the infection so i
2: guess my question is for i'm not a doctor This is in 2020 at the podium of the White House. I mean, think about how crazy that is. That's provable. I'll show you next. This is all factual information. And he can say that in front of the media, and they just quickly skip right over it and attack and go after the same talking point. And nobody does anything about that. We have, I mean, that's incredible. They went right in, even during Trump's administration, to the idea of the injections and everything else. I mean, why? Well, because that's his legacy, apparently, and he's all about it, even still to this day.
9: I defer to your expertise on this and to his, but so Americans hear one thing from the CDC director and another thing from you.
2: Who are we to, to believe? Like what you see? That statement is meant to make a political gotcha moment. Right. And I'm so Atlas, You respond to this perfectly, right? If, if I'm not going to speak for Redford and what he thinks and says. I mean, you can infer whatever you want from it, but I'm giving you
1: the facts. You're supposed to believe the science and I'm telling you the science. So
2: he's not, not telling it. a
1: science. I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you the science. You know I mean, and that's the answer. And if you want to look up, all the data you're free to. You can also talk to the following epidemiologist. Why
4: is he still
9: going out before Congress and speaking? If you say he's <laughs> can, today yeah. in the yeah. presence that he mis-
2: See, that, This isn't journalism, guys. A journalist doesn't you're, you are like a dog on a bone going for the one thing you want to get from him. Journalism is supposed to be objective, right? You don't go after his point and try to get him to say something like that there. You can feel his political motivation in the way he's speaking and cutting him off and you know, that's what journalism has become in the corporate media. These people are not journalists anymore. They're about political effort.
9: Last time, Americans are looking for the best information right yeah, there. and I'm
1: giving you the best information, and it's confirmed by people like Martin Koldorf, who's a Harvard epidemiologist at so Harvard Medical Apple, School. Apple. Let me finish, please. please, please. Jay Bhattacharya and right. Johnny Anides, both epidemiologists at Stanford. Uh, Professor Gupta, University of Oxford. These are people who know the latest data on the immunology and what's happening. And I just recited it to you.
2: Right. Simple as that. And guess what? He's right. I've shown you this many times. This is March 15th, 2021. A majority of uninfected adults, uninfected, never had COVID-19, show pre-existing antibody reactivity. And when you read this, it's not just antibodies. It gets into memory B and T cell as well. Now, in the interest of time, the point is that this one is much more clear. Same point. July 15th, 2020. This is one of the ones he's referencing from the beginning. SARS-CoV-2 specific T-cell immunity. Now, it says in cases of COVID-19 and SARS and then even uninfected controls. And that speaks to the first point of this, which they found later in March 2021. Right. If the point is that they found out that even the people in the control group that weren't infected with anything showed T-cell immunity. That means that they already have some kind of, so if these people then confront COVID-19, that arguably with the memory B cells would create the antibodies to fight this off. That's how that's supposed to work. But instead, they jammed people full of injections, whether they wanted it or not. And that destroyed that immunity, which we have saw many times, right? I mean, how many times have we seen that exact discussion? I don't, you know what? I think I might've deleted that. There's so many videos in here. Oh no, here it is
7: your COVID-19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals. That plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients.
2: That'll go down in infamy, guys. I mean, it, it, and even the Red Cross data, which they then altered and changed but we have the way back machine. I mean, I went, I went over this extensively. That is not a hypothetical thing. Even the Pfizer guy who told you two to three, or there was three to four times less antibodies after the Pfizer injection. You know, this is all on the record. The problem is that this is there from 2020 forward that most people, a majority of uninfected people already had reactivity, even the antibodies that they're trying to produce. So why would you then jam them full of something to produce what you're arguing is the same thing? Because there's not, this is a bigger agenda playing out. Now, here is a great article from Paul Thacker, preprint pandemic pandemonium, which kind of speaks to the way that they just look at what they want to look at and and, and point and and ignore what they don't want to see. And this is what, this is hilariously what they tried to accuse us of in the beginning, cherry picking, right? And this little meme, everything you look for and all that you perceive has a way of proving whatever you believe. This is is really interesting, but he he makes a focused point. And there's another part of the article you can read. I'm just going to focus on this first part around the mass study, which we already made fun of because it's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous, not because we both say so, but because this, the data has been torn apart by plenty of experts. You'll see what I mean. And this is what they all pushed out and said, mass work we told you. It's a preprint, mind you. And you all know what they did when we pointed a preprint. But it says a silly preprint uploaded a few weeks back underlined how scientists and psychom writers easily fall for research, quote, quote, quote unquote research, that tickles them in their political privates. I love that. With an authoritative title, The Efficacy of Face Masks and the Prevention of COVID-19, a systemic review, a preprint found that only 7% of mask wearers got COVID, while 52% of those without masks did, which is interesting. But the preprint, which had not been examined by outside experts, which is what they'll attack when you do anything like that, proved too delicious for those promoting masks, such as science writer, quote-unquote science writer, Maggie Fox, and quickly took off on social media. Of course, you know Lori Garrett, we've made fun of her in the past. A week later, science writer Lori Garrett stumbled across the preprint and gave it a signal boost to her followers too. And then reality. After the preprint had been heavily circulated on social media, British pediatrician, Alistair Munro knocked apart this house of cards, noting that the manuscript failed to provide even a basic level of scientific credibility and may even have been a hoax, which, by the way, has been shown in the past. There's been people that have already made their ridiculous, like woke, like direction, kind of like LGBTQ directed science, even peer reviewed, even though they made it up and were making fun of them. Or something about how you know being overweight is the right thing to do, or those kind of directional things, which is politically driven, and make up an entire article or study, even gotten the peer review. I did shows on this, and it turned out they made up literally everything in the article. How was that even possible? Because this kind of science has been broken. Not to say that everything is bad, but the idea of peer review, specifically today, has been wildly politicized, and that's an obvious example. I'm an uh, oh well, I guess. Kind of feeling like we might not get to the next part of the show today. But in the next show, probably early tomorrow, I do have a part that I'll show you about, was it Diagolom or something? Or Diagalon, this ridiculous meme that went viral in Canada that's hilarious, showing you that even the government just does what they want, even with fake information. But it says, some of the m- numbers referenced in the tables did not appear in the text. And one of the studies that was supposedly about mask use and COVID-19, guess what, guys? was published back in 2004. Think about that. It's easy to look for yourself. I didn't catch that when I went through it, but check that out. So 2004 was one of the studies they used to argue about mask use and COVID-19, you know, before COVID-19 existed, right? I think that's incredible. It says none of these are high level expert errors, they said. These are fundamentals. Anyone who claims to understand systematic reviews on any level should immediately be able to see that it falls short of the most basic scientific standards. So without naming anyone, Dr. Alistar noted that the study was widely shared on Twitter by the following. An ex-director of the World Health Organization, 90,000 Twitter followers. A professional member of the UK-based scientific political activist group, 200,000 followers. A Pulitzer Prize-winning science journalist, 260,000 followers. A health minister for a large Western European country, 1 million followers. Not to mention these ones we just pointed out. Science writer Laurie Garrett and Maggie Fox even though it's obviously false. And the actual data within it, which, by the way, you think he's wrong? Look at it for yourself. Alistair Munro concludes the obvious. Either these people do not know how to appraise scientific reviews, even though they're writers of science or about science, or they shared the preprint without reading it, which is most likely what's happening because it flattered their ideological preconceptions. And then, of course, people get blocked because how dare you point out that I didn't read that? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, this is embarrassing, and this is the st- current state of corporate journalism around science and then the scientific field that are bastardized by the political manipulation. Now, to that point, this is a, a, something we pointed out before. As I said, Scott Adams is at it again. His, uh, I was right, even though I was wrong, and you were all wrong, even though you were right, tour, is continuing. Because he's been doing this before. As he says, I'm just going to say it because I need some extra trouble today, or rather more attention. The people who had bad analytical abilities, apparently me, during the pandemic, are applying that lack of talent to declare they were right all along. Somehow, they all knew the long-term risk of an engineered virus versus shots. Again, he's still going engineered, even though that hasn't been proven. But see this, he's towing lines still. That's all these people know how to do, is to nod to what they're told is the mainstream narrative. But the bottom line here, and I shouldn't even reduce it like that, but the bottom line is people who have bad analytical abilities are applying that to declare they were right all along. Somehow knew the long-term risk of this fire. Who's saying that? The point is that we very clearly were critical of what the government said, and it turned out to be the right move. And then we used peer-reviewed science. Like, I don't know, the Pfizer documentation from the very beginning to show that they weren't stopping transmission, but Scott Adams is convinced that he was right to be wrong about this. And we were wrong to be right about it because we just got lucky. Can you imagine the hubris to do something like that? Can you imagine the meltdown he must be going through to be standing up during what we're seeing with the CDC rolling back everything? And he stands up and goes, you're still wrong though. And I was still right. Even though what he was saying the entire time was wildly incorrect because he towed the CDC line. Just how embarrassing. That's what these people do though. Now, onto the idea of the risks that they were very clearly seeing that people like Scott ag- apparently continue to ignore. As Viva Frey points out, and the article is, a rise in heart disease may be explained by extreme weather conditions. Really? I mean, this its grasping at literally anything. The legacy media thinks you are stupid, he says, and has nothing but contempt for you. And if you believe rubbish like this from ABC News, you are stupid. And legacy media is right for having nothing but contempt for you. Like, it's a harsh point, man, but I, I'm there at this point. Like, my God, you're going you're gonna to go along with that for the same reason Scott thinks he's right or the same reason that these people pushed the narrative or that these writers of science pushed that because it went along with what they already wanted to believe. And as Dave Coleman puts it simply, this is complete crock of S-H-I-D. I agree with that. Oh, here's another one. Why house sitting may kill you. Of course. You know, because the same thing that everybody does all the time and, you know, the, the, the same reality that forces all of the people in this country into cubicles. That's what's killing you, not the injections that are dangerous. And of course, what is a sitting going to lead to? Oh, OK. Joint pain, blood clotting, cardiovascular disease, apparently like everything anywhere all the time. Literally everything under the sun causes heart problems today. Everything causes blood clotting all over the place, or at least what they want you to believe. Totally normal and mild heart disease is totally common. You know, there is no such thing as mild heart problems, but they want you to think that today, despite the fact that you can look up anything pre-2020 and myocarditis is a you're going to die problem. No matter how mild you want to say it is, you get rushed to the hospital. But with no new information, they just change that. Like, you know, the vaccination or the definition of vaccination or the definition of herd immunity, you know, they just up and change it because they want to. Science, you know, that's how it works these days. Here's an interesting story. CNN travel plane failed to descend as pilots reportedly fell asleep during the flight. Two of them simultaneously fell asleep. Now, I'm not going to say I know for sure. Certainly possible, I guess. But there's two points we made here. One, potentially a cover up of exactly what we've always worried about. And plenty of other pilots have called out that people, especially in a situation where there's always been a pre-existing blood clot risk in a plane, that now you add something that verifiably increases that risk. Even if you want to argue it's super rare, you're increasing the risk of the thing that can happen during a flight for people that fly all the time. That seems pretty stupid. On top of that, vaccines, like with cars, where these people just have a heart attack, or people that have any number of things, seizures, and suddenly they're flying. Well, that's why they got two of them. But guess what? They both had a problem. What do you know? Don't forget, most of these pilots were forced to take the injections and are unable to keep their jobs in order to keep their jobs. But here's the point to this. is two pilots are believed to have fallen asleep and missed their landing. What do you mean, believed? You realize this is after the story, right, CNN? Did you not ask them? Did you not ask the aviation? Did you not reach out and say, did they fall asleep? Nah, we'll just leave it up in the air because that's not the entire point of the story. <laughs> what do you, I mean, my God, reportedly fell asleep. The point is simply that we know and it's just not being talked about. So if you're a real journalist, You ask somebody, you find out, you ask one of the people on the plane. No, because that's not what this is about. What's interesting about it, though, is it goes on to make the argument that there's more, that that also seems to add to the same point we're making about the people being fired. But it says, data obtained by the website indicates the aircraft was cruising at 37,000 feet on autopilot when it failed to descend at the airport, its scheduled destination. Air traffic control were apparently unable to reach the crew. Because that totally makes sense, right? Despite making several attempts to contact them. Because, you know, if you're sleeping, it's in, you don't wake up when something screams in your ear, right? However, it says, an alarm was triggered when the plane overshot the runway and continued along its route. The aircraft subsequently began to descend, apparently, landing 25 minutes later. It says, aviation analyst Alex uh, Macras has since taken to Twitter to express his shock at the deeply concerning incident, which he suggests may have been the result of pilot exhaustion. Okay, or, you know, vaccine side effects. But how about we go with exhaustion and ask what that also means? Why are they exhausted? Oh, that's right, because you fired all of them that didn't go along with the vaccine. And now they're overworked, which is what they're also saying. So either way you look at this, guys, they're creating the problem that they're pointing at to justify more of whatever they want. But it says the report comes just months after pilots at Southwest Airlines and Delta warned airline executives that pilot exhaustion was on the rise. It's weird how CNN can't connect that with the obvious, which would be that we fired people because they didn't take the injection. Yes, but they just leave that part out because they're politically motivated. And urge them to treat fatigue and the resulting mistakes as a safety risk. Of course you would. Because it's, it's not a safety risk. They might be too tired to fly. According to the letter, the rising demand for air travel as the industry begins to bounce back from COVID pandemic and cancellation chaos brought about by severe weather were among the reasons for the problem. Of course it is. Climate change. Good job, CNN. Way to hone in on the one thing you guys seem to focus on. You know, either Trump or climate change. I guess that's all you got. Seriously? So the industry begins to bounce back. So more people flying means you... What is So people were fired because they didn't take the injections. Then people want to fly again. And shocker, you don't have enough pilots. And then you're going to pretend that cancellations because of severe weather, which is a complete manipulation, is the reason. This is pathetic, but it's all they can do to skip right over any connection to what they did or the vaccine in regard to what's happening. Here's Dave Cullen pointing out, and this is in regard to the, the Thailand study for myocarditis that we just talked about. And the idea being that the potentially the heart problems or whatever else could be you know, potentially connected here. But that's obviously what they're pointing at in this regard, saying, oh, don't sit too long because you may have a heart attack. Turns out only one in six, not one in three. Quite the fact check. So there's Reuters going, no, fake news. It's one in six, because that's good, right? So they're screaming, it's only two in every 100,000. Except the fact check of this study goes, no, they found one in six, so that's better? One in six kids getting myocarditis or some kind of a heart issue after this is catastrophic. But we already know this. We've already covered most of this with you. But here's somebody going, good job, Dave, misrepresenting the conclusion. Get a better critical apparel. We'll see what it says. So the claim is a new study, found cardiovascular adverse effects in a third of teens who received the dose or a second dose. Well, the fact check says missing context while the unpublished study, right. So again, it's only willing to point that out when it's when somebody we're talking about, no, the preprint is the big deciding factor when the corp media points at it. When the study found that roughly 29% of the study, st- uh, the study's teenage participants experienced cardiovascular side effects. The vast majority of those effects were mild. There you go. The few patients who did experience heart inflammation quickly recovered. Experts say, what does that mean? Did they recover or not? Experts say they recovered like that. It's a weird way to put that, isn't it? Maybe because the experts are trying to equivocate with a problem. That's not small. The study is consistent with the general medical consensus that that, get this, that the benefits of the vaccination outweigh the risks, which are rare. How is one in six benefits outweigh the risks? One in six That's what the fact check says. My God. And the point is, there is no such thing as a mild heart problem. That's what their own study, the NIH studies and everything else say before COVID-19. You don't get to reinvent your reality to suit your lies. But here's Mike Hart, MD, pointing out another study that adds to the same point. Peer-reviewed research on the vaccine in men under 40. Now, this study, by the way, is challenged by a lot of others. I'll show you next. So you should factor all of them in, right? One, One or the other could be wrong you don't get to dismiss the one you don't like, both of which, by the way, seem to suggest that there's a bigger problem than they're admitting. But I believe based on what we continue to see that there's no real risk of myocarditis from what we're calling COVID-19. We're calling everything COVID-19 in regard to something that causes a heart problem. When in reality, it is the injections I believe causing this or whatever else they're doing. That's my opinion based on the science. But first study, it says in men younger than 40 years old, the number of excess myocarditis events per million people was higher after the second dose than after a positive SARS-CoV-2 test. Thank you, Mike, for pointing this out. Here's the actual study, August 22nd, 2022. Now what it says though, what we'll show you on the conclusion, well, first read what he says right there. People younger than 40, it says it was higher after the second dose. That's the part we just read. Here's the conclusion. Overall, the risk of myocarditis is greater, they say, after SARS-CoV-2 infection than after COVID-19 vaccination. But when you look at the overall numbers, it's pretty inconstant. It's, it's not the sharp difference they want you to believe. But then it goes on to say, and remains modest after sequential doses, including a booster dose of the Pfizer. However, the risk of myocarditis after vaccination is higher in younger men, particularly after the second dose. So right there, guys, even as the study finds something different, the one I'll show you next, which you should consider. I don't believe that's the truth. But the point is that even that is different than what they said in the beginning. And they censored people for saying this caused that there, it was any increased risk, that it was not, the risk is a small increase and the risk from COVID is higher. Well, the the second part of that's simply not true, but the point is here, what they're telling you is the risk of myocarditis after those injections is higher in young men under 40 than getting sick. So right there, they're showing you that in some cases, it's more dangerous in regard to myocarditis to take this shot, even the one they're pointing at. But here's the one that I keep going back to. There's many more like this that I've shown you before. MDPI peer-reviewed study from April 15th that finds very clearly, in a much larger study, by the way, that's an important point, both peer-reviewed. This one's much, much larger. It says post-COVID-19 infection was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. We did not observe an increased risk of either of them in adult patients recovering from COVID. Okay, so right there you find the adult patients where there's no increased risk. Then you find this study that goes to the under 40s and shows you, yes, a dramatically increased risk in in contrast. So it's very clear. It's all adding up to the same picture we've been telling you. That's the important part. And here they are just trying to shout this down by some kind of sidestep of the reality when the point is, well, it's just mild. Well, that's not a sidestep. That is proving what we're saying. Now, here are a couple other articles we put out that just add to the same point. One in every 482 people in the UK that took this injection die within one month of the COVID jab. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Watch watch the article. Check out all the peer-reviewed science we include that makes that point. Now, it could be die from something else. They could die from a car accident or some other illness. But the simple point is that one in every 482 people that have been vaccinated COVID in UK have died within one month of the COVID jab. Just as it could be correlation, sure, but it's a fact. Here is the next point in regard to myocarditis. Germany admitted this, or rather, a group in Germany connected to the government, admitted one in 5,000 COVID vaccines has serious side effects, including specifically myocarditis. One in 5,000, that's very different than two in 100,000, right? And it gets even higher when you look at the other study point. I think it was like 6.5 or 6.25 per 5,000. In any case, it's all there. Again, check the science yourself. Oh, weird. Censored on YouTube. What, is, what a shock. Well, here is what we, this is the, where we got this from. I just want to reiterate this. Dr. Claire Craig, who was recently censored, points this out. German Ministry of Health admits the vaccines cause serious side effects in one in 500,000. And it's per dose. Here's the tweet they put out. You could look at it for yourself. Now, by the way, this one was removed, and they updated it because it got even more intense. I, for, I didn't have that one quickly pulled up, but I think it went down to something like 1 in 3,000. I forget what they ended up saying, but it's still there. Now, here's an ethical skeptic pointing something out in regard to something different than myocarditis, cancer, which is also an obviously dramatically increased risk since the introduction of the injections. This chart is very straightforward, he says. Those who claim they do not understand it, you should not trust them. The real pandemic is dissonance. I agree with that. It is a disease we voluntarily contract and spread. Now, the point is simply showing you cancer trends that just explode after 2021, week 14. It just explodes in an unprecedented way. There's many factors you could make here, but they're mostly mostly correlated points. They're arguing, you know, then past pandemics, let's say, you don't see the same spike or, you know, whatever. Their argument simply becomes, because lockdown, that's what happened. Well, that doesn't make much sense, especially since what you point at is unexplainable deaths that are clouding everything up. These aren't unexplainable deaths. These are cancer deaths or cancer, uh, it, um, cancer cases, let's say. But the point is simply that we see the explosion of cancer. And we have Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Peter McColl, and plenty of others, experts telling you that that's exactly what they're seeing in their practice, that they're seeing an explosion of these cancers. So what? how do you explain that? These people were not all just locked in their homes awaiting the next thing. A lot of these people were not doing that. And on top of that, there were still people dealing. And look, the bottom line is even the people that would hold back, you would not see the kind of dramatic spike we're seeing, perfectly correlated. I mean, look at the line right there. It is straight up in line with the injections. Then don't forget that as Swiss policy research and plenty of others have pointed out that there's an obvious correlation between the cancer issue and vaccines or COVID injections. It's been shown that up to 50%, and you can look at the study yourself, peer reviewed, 50% of those that get the injections have a temporary immune suppression or lymphocytopenia. And the point is they say temporary because the study ends and it's still happening. So it might stop or it might continue. But you for sure have immune suppression from these injections, which causes the cancers to get exponentially worse. Now, this is the other one we talked about, turbo cancer. Chief pathologist from the Lunds University in Sweden is speaking out, screaming about saying, look, it's exploding. You read it again for yourself. I already went over all this, saying that she's seeing an explosion in these. The ages are crazy. The size of them are crazy. Multiple tumors in multiple people. Recurrence coming back. Things that she's never before seen before now. Not because of lockdowns, but because of the correlation with the injections. Here's an, just another example of somebody. Kat Parker Photography. Here, here's, just, you can just see her picture here from before. Here's what she looked like before this. Here's what she's seeing now. She said, normally mortified by showing my face like this. However, one of the many side effects of Pfizer jab, I will. I have never had this happen before. My immune system is losing it. What was What was in it? Why do they give, why do they do this to us? The point is, this is causing immune deficiency, immune suppression. We're seeing lymphocytopenia. We're seeing both sides of this. Your immune system goes haywire because this is genetic manipulation, guys. Actually, I knew I knew, that. I, knew I was going to get there. There's a point that I wanted to show real quick. Let's see. One second. Something that I wanted to share in regard to what somebody else was dealing with. Here we go. So, doom was recently censored, again, for sharing something that's true. I wasn't going to do this today, but then I just, I knew I was going to mention it, and I was going to go back to it. But here, let's see. And where are we? This one. Here we go. So here is the tweet that he put out. You could see, COVID-19 vaccine is gene therapy. Have a good day. Totally true. Here. And then he puts this out. Well, he gets out of jail and he makes the same kind of point about gene therapy and they censor him again. Again. Now, on top of that, I, I just searched for, you know, where was that video of the guy from Merck mentioning that? Oh, weird how literally nothing comes up when you search for it, even on Brave. What a shock. And then you look at on Twitter, which I've seen all over the place, and soon nothing pumps up. What a strange reality. Well, too bad we have it though. So check this out, just in case you haven't seen this before. This is the guy from Merck openly telling you that this is gene therapy?
1: Ultimately, the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before
2: Uh. oops right okay so that guy that is a pharmaceutical executive who is openly admitting what we all know which is easily provable which even pfizer and moderna's documentation said before they changed the narrative that these are gene therapy it's what they are and he admits that because he just maybe doesn't realize he's not supposed to say it but think about how ridiculous it is that somebody like doom will be censored for saying that even though it's very obviously true because that just hasn't been allowed to be said yet That's the ridiculous controlled nature of everything we're dealing with. And it really is that insulting. It it, it should insult your intelligence because how it's the same thing with shouting down things about myocarditis or blood clots or anything else that we have proven to you, they just don't want to talk about. Let me put this down. Now, to finish this up, we're seeing things like this, but here's the, I wanted to play this pilots video as well because we already played this before. But just to add to this, because this is happening, especially coming off the pilot story, knowing this can happen to pilots.
8: My name is Bob Snow. I've been a captain for a number of years. My total service with the company is over 31 years. On November 7th, I was mandated to receive a vaccine. Quite literally, I was told if I did not receive the vaccination, I would be fired. This was from our director of flight. So, under duress, I received the vaccine. Uh, Now, just a few days ago, after landing in Dallas, six minutes after we landed, I passed out.
2: Six minutes after he landed, he passed out. Sound familiar? Or maybe with these other guys while they were in the air.
8: Uh, I coded. I required three shocks. I need to be intubated. I'm now in the ICU in Dallas. This is what the vaccine has done for me. I will probably never fly again, uh, based upon the criteria that the FAA establishes for pilots. I was hoping to teach my daughter to fly, she wants to be a pilot, that will probably never happen. All courtesy of the vaccine. This is unacceptable and I am one of the victims. You can see that this is the actual result of the vaccine for some of us, mandatory, no questions asked get the shot or you're fired this is not the american way
2: crazy <clears throat> and and yet he gets called a conspiracy theorist now i don't actually know what the follow up on what you know whether he got sicker or better i'm not sure but think about how crazy that is we all see it happening and yet here's what we continue to see covering all of it this desperate effort to point at anything anywhere that might be as opposed to what's literally for sure in some way like again we know for sure it can cause what he's dealing with. They've admitted it. We know for sure it causes myocarditis. Super rare, they say. We know for sure it causes blood clots, heart attacks, all these things. But super rare, they say. But we know for sure because even they have admitted it. Right? So as that's happening, we know these for sure. And this huge pile of all these things they say are rare. And yet all they can do is hypothetically point at anything. Maybe it's the sky. Maybe it's the sun. Maybe it's the drink. You're, maybe you're sitting down too long. Hypothetical. Well, we know it's happening. You can't miss that. Here is an article from Fortune again. U.S. life expectancy saw the biggest drop since World War II. And it's especially bad for New Yorkers. Gee, I wonder why. Because of what they're doing. I mean, you can't, I mean, the bottom line here, guys, is there the idea of what they're calling COVID-19 has never been worse than it is now in regard to all the things they're pointing at, all the unexplained deaths, all the SADs and SIDs and everything else going on. The reality being from the very beginning, this was nothing more than a flu. And the data shows that it's time to be honest about that. And the reality is they did this to you. And all they can do is point at anything other than what's actually happening. Here's Daily Mail. Why are so many of us falling sick with winter bugs this summer? Really? Like, that's how dumb it's gotten. So winter bugs during the summer, you know, or not even remotely and you're hurting people with vaccines, you know, one or the other. Lack of mingling during the pandemic has meant normally harmless infections are causing misery for millions. Now, guess what, guys? Is that proven? Is that what the science shows? No, that's a happy guess in the direction of what they want you to think. Experts say probably not getting together. Well, did literally everybody do that? Like, it's just so stupid to argue this is, this is you know, the fact that you didn't get in front of people, even though that did happen for even most people, as opposed to a something you're giving people that you have admitted does affect your immune system. Yeah, not that thing, not the immune suppressing thing that we all admit does do that all the time, but the hypothetical maybe things we talk about over here. This is child level intellect or willful deception, willful ignorance. I don't, it's impossible to miss. Twice as many people died with COVID in UK this summer compared to 2021. Twice as many people died during the summer compared. So the point is, first of all, when you actually read it, everything's super lower and it's not even that bad. The headlines sound scary though, but the real point to walk away with is what these people actually die with with covid does not mean from covid and they've already admitted that the reality is we know what's circulating in these people's bloodstreams and did that play a factor well you can decide for yourself i think we know it can and all they can do is say the lockdowns did it all now Oh, you mean what we told you this would do when we said lockdowns are gonna hurt people more than you think? Oh, yeah, no fake news. You guys are putting lives in danger, medical misinformation, you're you're risking people's lives by causing hesitancy. And and then once they hurt everybody with those things we pointed out, then they swing back and go, yeah, what they said, except we're not giving them credit for saying it. We're blaming the lockdown now, and we did what we thought was right. No, you didn't. We all screamed this, and experts said great Barrington declaration said, and they just said fake news, dangerous, and shouted you down. They are all in on blaming the lockdown now for every issue under the sun. Funny how the conspiracy theory of yesterday continues to end up the justification of today. Will all those censored for making this argument too early be reinstated? Of course not. COVID lockdown bombshell, it says. Devastating cost of the UK shutdown laid bare. I mean, it's like 30 seconds ago, we could have been called conspiracy theorists for arguing lockdown was what caused these problems. But then they say it, okay, based on what exactly? What's the science? It's not. This is the reality of what's in front of you. The lockdowns, of course, had an effect to some degree, but all it's doing is overshadowing the real issue. And they know that. And as I said, and here's the main point, guys. While it's clear that the legal, illegal and ill-advised lockdowns indeed played a role in you know exacerbating cancers and whatever else, the injections are the most obvious culprit behind the onslaught of the unexplained illness they mentioned in his article. Especially since it's a no-brainer that lockdown exasperated issues like cancer wouldn't be unexplainable, would they? They wouldn't be unexplainable cancer. It would be cancer. It wouldn't be unexplainable whatever illness you now have documented because you had it before. It would be whatever you call it. (laughs) The point is unexplained illness is not some exacerbated issue that lockdown just made get worse. And now you're dealing with because that would be whatever that is. Unexplained illness is SIDS and SADS and whatever they're catching it all as. And I believe, and I think the evidence backs up is injection effects. That's what this is. Now, here's an interesting point. Even as they're going lockdowns killed everybody. And we know that now, and it was a bad move because it's hurting all these people we're going to do it again, though. And trust me, they're all, that's already in the wings, even as they admit lockdowns are bad. Here's an example of it already happening. This was yesterday. West Rowan, Rowan Middle School shifts to remote learning this week due to bacteria found in HVAC. I mean, you really, I, I, this is so ridiculous to me. And it's, it's as ridiculous as you might think. It says West Rowan Middle School will be shifting to an online format for the rest of the week and probably continuing after that to allow for the thorough cleaning and sanitizing of the school after recent testing confirms microbial growth in the HVAC system. Now, we had something of like, I forget this, I forget maybe it was a mold or something in a school what when I was in high, uh, junior high, I think. We didn't go to online learning. We went to another school or other places where they brought us in. Now, yeah, different time, obviously. But let me re- listen to what they say the problem is. School officials say earlier this month, custodial staff, reported some microbial growth in the school and reported it. What that ultimately means, mold, I don't know. It says initial test. So let's not pretend janitors are going to know that's dangerous, right? It looks like some, and why they would even report this. I mean, something about this just does not ring true to me. A janitor would probably just wipe it down. But it says initial test by an independent consultant, which again seems so far overblown, came back negative for mold. So it's not mold. So what in the world would it be then? And additional janitorial crews were brought in to thoroughly clean and sanitize the impacted areas. So it's gone. So it's over then. For reasons that are still being investigated, officials say new evidence of microbial growth appeared on August 17th. And new tests were initially initiated on that same day. So the point is, it's some kind of fungus or growth, and we don't even know what it is. So we're going to shut everything down because potential danger? Don't miss the moral of the story there, guys. You don't know. It could be bad. So we're going to shut everything down. If that's the case... You're going to be shut down forever. That's what they want because you never know. Well, in the end of the point, my point, I would argue this is probably some, some, these people want to go back to because they believe COVID dangerous. So we should be doing this anyway. So they're grasping at any excuse to do that. That's what I would argue. But it says further testing has shown that additional cleaning is necessary. So clean it. And the building must be vacant to effectively complete this process. You don't even know what it is. It says, due to this, officials say West Rowan Middle School will be shifting to remote learning for the rest of the week. Now, if somebody wants to follow up on this, how much you want to bet that it goes on past that week? I just think this is ridiculous. The point over all of it is that the reflex is quarantine, lockdown, school from home. That's what is the, that's the new normal. Not going back to normal, the new normal. Exactly like they told you. And this is where I point out that Dr. Jay uh, Bhattacharya Admits in his conversations here that he spoke to Donald Trump candidly, and he's the one who said, I shut down the world. Asking, did I save lives by doing it? Just remember, guys, now you can, it's certainly possible he was manipulated into thinking it was the right choice. That would make sense. But we need to understand whether it was tricked or not that Trump is the one that began the emergency, the Defense Production Act, that literally created the reasons why Biden could do what he's doing. Without Trump's actions, it wouldn't be what it is today. He wouldn't even be in the situation we are. He would have to be declaring an emergency based on a situation that was far less dangerous. It wouldn't even be happening. I mean, I shouldn't say that. These days they can do whatever the hell they want, it seems. But just realize that that wouldn't be the same situation if it wasn't for Trump beginning the emergency, even if he was fooled.
4: So in in August of 2020, uh, my my colleague uh, at Stanford was named Scott Atlas. He was the advisor to Donald Trump on science policy. On, and he uh, he invited me and Martin Kulldorff and a couple others to the White House to talk with with President Trump. Um, it was an honor of a lifetime. and never. It's not something I normally get to go do. Um, and uh, so when I when I met with him, I I had a I'd written this long document about the safety of opening schools and the and the, the, the relative low harm to children of from COVID relative to the harm proposed by closing schools. So so that's the main thing I shared with him, like opening schools and the protection of the vulnerable. Those are those are the two major ideas, especially older people nursing homes and so on. Um, He was very concerned, President Trump, about uh, that, that, you know, he'd locked the the world down in March of 2020 on the advice of Tony Fauci and and Deborah Birx.
2: Right. And and that's a fair point to make, too. I mean, definitely Fauci and them are the ones that like Trump saying is going to surround himself with the smartest people. And everyone said yeah that's why it doesn't matter because he's gonna well those are the exact people that led us in this position people like pompeo and john bolton and not even just covid related but just all the worst of the worst and that's exactly why that didn't make sense when i you know of course here we are again politics trusting one person it's not the solution but the point is simply whether tricked or not that that's what happened that's what led us to where we are
4: and also uh it turns out neil ferguson he mentioned to me uh he said look uh I, I shut the world. I shut the economy down, um, and I, was, I told. I was told that if I didn't do it, two million people would die next next few months. And he asked me, "Did did he save two million lives?" And I had to tell him, "No." I, I mean, it was it was it was really hard to tell a president a no to that because such a consequential decision. But that the model on which it was based was not true.
2: And we know this now. Neil Ferguson was lying and all the different stuff, but. Also, ask yourself why, after this moment where he did—he's being admitted that conversation was had—Trump still argued they made the right choice. So I, and you can, you know, his, his audience will always be like, "Well, he had to. It's politics, and he is not going to admit that he was wrong, whatever." So you, it's okay that he lies when you want him to, right? Just, I'm tired of the political equivocation. My point, though, is not about attacking Trump, but the government, guys. It's all the same thing, and we need to see that. But he did go on to promote this as the right choice so that we had to do this for saving whatever or the vaccine saving lives. He, I, I argue he knows all of this is not true, especially since his audience, it, I mean, it, they are well aware that this is not, they're the biggest pushers pushing back on this right now, yet he still toes that line. And they argue, they, this is my point from before, when they just assume he must be doing it for this reason because they don't like what's happening. They're going to say, well, he probably knows and he's just doing this to trick Democrats or whatever. So, yes, guess in the direction of what you like. That's what children do. Don't do that. But here is where we're headed in regard to people that are currently being abused for not making the choice that we now know was the wrong choice. As the CDC and plenty of other people roll back their guidance and say, well, there's no difference. Even though they're not going to say it out loud, they're telling you there's the same guidance no matter what. And even as that happens, whether in Australia, the United States or anywhere else, they're taking action to penalize people for not doing the injections, even though it's in this is just punitive. I argue this is about making a statement about not doing what you're told, maybe even just being angry that they they got duped and you didn't.
4: Hundreds of Queensland teachers will have their pay cut as punishment for not getting vaccinated while the teachers are now allowed back in the classroom. The. Right, because that makes sense,
2: right? So you're allowed back in the classroom because you're not dangerous, but we're going to penalize you for not doing the thing you didn't need to do? I mean, how else do you look at that? So if they didn't take the injection and it was the right thing to do, why are they being let back in the... It, it, it's obvious. You're penalizing them for not doing what they were told. It's simple as that. Financial penalty, penalty will be felt for the next 18 weeks.
11: In the last 48 hours, hundreds of teachers have received a dressing down and a pay cut described in a letter from the education department as a reduction in remuneration for a period of
2: 18 weeks. How much- and, and what's the arbitrary 18 weeks? Like, who decided that and why does that even matter? Is it based on science? Well, it can't be. This is just saying, give me money because we're mad letting you back in. That's it. I mean, this is wildly off the rails and this is exactly what we'd expect from New Zealand and Australia and all the rest of the authoritarian fake democracies out there.
11: Much is deducted will depend on each teacher's pay grade, but it will be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars.
2: Teachers are absolutely devastated.
7: They're in fear because they've been penalised more than once. So they've been penalised, with uh, they went on leave without pay.
11: While initially stood down, teachers who refused to get vaccinated were allowed back into classrooms this term and they're being warned they're on notice. The (laughs) Education Department letter slamming their conduct. It is important that you are aware of the seriousness with which the department views your inappropriate behaviour and failure to comply with the direction.
2: Think about how that, I mean, that's blatantly saying exactly what I just said. Not that you're in danger, not that you're putting children in danger, not that, that you come on back in and teach because you're good, but you didn't do what you were told. How dare you not comply with the direction we gave you? Welcome to techno well, I guess, you know, it is ultimately driving the direction of technocracy, but welcome to authoritarian governance. Welcome to emergency governance. These people are, te- they're, they're tyrants. How else do you see this?
11: with the direction but the teachers professional association of queensland says teachers facing pay cuts are planning industrial court action
2: yeah they should but the other point to make here is it well i just lost it hold on
11: direction but the teachers professional association of queensland says teachers facing pay cuts are planning industrial court action
7: these are people who are on the front line for years working and now all of a sudden this is how they're being treated so it's just not good enough
11: the teachers union says only one percent of their members didn't get the jab but they will help those who need it
7: we've been supporting our members in this issue and many other issues throughout the pandemic
9: Well, Tim Arvia joins us in the studio now. Tim, what does this mean for other public servants fighting against vaccine mandates?
11: Well, it's a good question because there are plenty of other frontline workers like nurses, paramedics, police officers who are still fighting the Queensland government and taking them to court over mandates.
2: Yeah, you know, all the professionals that were heroes until they fought back and now they're dangerous conspiracy theorists. It's Amazing how this is so transparent
11: and there won't be any punishment for them to be determined until that case is over. But in what could be bad news for the minority who are taking legal action, today a West Australian police officer, Ben Falconer, lost his court battle against WA's enforcement of vaccine mandates. The judge dismissing his case, saying he did not establish a factual basis for his contentions. Andrew, Melissa, some in the Queensland government see it as an encouraging sign for them ahead of Queensland's legal battle. Wow.
2: Well, here is another example of a mandate for Western University. Not just, not just injections, or, or not even, it's not just injections, it's boosters. So now it's on top of the normal fully injected. now you need more, but also masking. That, that ridiculous facade, they're going to force the masks again, despite the science.
7: With classes starting in just a couple of weeks, Western University in London, Ontario, says COVID-19 policies will still be in place for the fall semester.
2: We just want to make sure that as we come together from all over the place for this term, that we are able to um, to start without interruption.
7: Staff, students and visitors will have to wear masks in classrooms. In addition, they're required to have at least one booster dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. Proof of vaccination documents have to be submitted by October the 1st. Wow. Students living in residence who don't have a booster will get a two-week grace period. So
2: you know, so now it went from the injections and fully injected, even though they still say fully injected. You have to have the booster to be able to enter. That makes no sense. I mean, none of this makes sense. With what we now know and what's going on, this is tripling down on absurd policy. It's mind blowing.
7: So with more on this, I want to bring in cp 24s Chanel Call. She's in Toronto this morning. Chanel, um, you know, Western really making news by this announcement for staff and students requiring vaccinations.
2: I'm going to leave it there in the of time. But here's my point on this, guys, that this person here is deciding for everybody because of her personal idea of what the right thing to do is. That's not how this is supposed to work. They don't have their, before COVID, this was never legal or allowable. It's not legal now. They just do it anyway. But why, if we're not in the midst of an emergency or whatever their narrative was before, why this person of a school just gets to go, we're going to do that. I'm going to force you to wear these kind of shoes every day. Or I'm going to force, well, I guess that's a bad example since colleges do that. But the idea that, you know, whatever the arbitrary decision is. Right. We're going to force you to take this kind of contraception. We're going to force you to only have this. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of ridiculous thing you say. It's the same point. She's personally deciding masks, which are not backed by the science and injections that are hurting people are the right thing to do, even though the other places in the world are showing you they're not necessary. Like this is unbelievable. Or the idea that it's not even exactly what the government is saying needs to happen in this moment, but they're doing it anyway, because that's what's been allowed. This is scary stuff. Now, finally, Consent Factory points out that this uh, today, the government of Germany is going to pass a new law authorizing the systematic persecution of the unvaccinated. And the reality is that we can see this happening everywhere. They're passing these as punitive measures against the unvaccinated because they're, being, they're showing people that, 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 that there is another option here. And people are upset about that. Now here, as you've seen, she's spoken up all around this before. Now, again, regardless of your perception of what happened in this event, the reality is that their narrative around this event is exactly what she's discussing. And the idea is that this is her perception of what she went through and how it's exactly what we're dealing with today. Like, there's no way that the argument of the corporate media can shout this down. I mean, you just can't, because what she's telling you is that what they're doing is exactly what she went through during Germany, Nazi Germany. I mean, that's incredible to think about regardless of what you think about this, because that shows you that their narrative is exactly in line with this. And they're just ignoring that. Like, if this was, let's say her pointing out Russia and Ukraine. Oh my God, it would be everywhere. And you know that, but not this one.
6: Child survivor of the Nazi reign of terror. I learned indelible lessons about the nature of evil. I know the consequences of being stigmatized and demonized as a spreader of disease. We we required, as Germans know, to wear a yellow star of David to identify us, to segregate Jews. Exclusionary laws barred the family from normal life, from attending ordinary activities. We were forbidden to participate in all educational, religious, cultural gatherings. Travel was forbidden for Jews, so there was no escape.
5: If you don't want to get vaccinated... That's your choice, but don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. Uh, And we know that um, the the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any.
6: These painful memories from my childhood sensitized me to the threat posed by current restrictive government dictates the Nazi system destroyed a social conscience in the name of public health. Violations against individuals and classes of human beings were institutions, institutions were coercive public health policies violated individual civil and human rights. Criminal methods were used to enforce the policies. Nazi propaganda used fear of infectious epidemics to demonize Jews as spreaders of disease as a menace to public health. Fear and propaganda were the psychological weapons the Nazis used to impose a genocidal regime. And today some are beginning to understand Why the German people didn't rise up. Fear kept them.
2: Well, of course, our stream gets completely stifled right there. Let me know if you can hear me in the chat. Not a surprise. Well, we're on the way out anyway, so too bad censorship. This is the last part of the show today. Jordan Satchel points out the North Carolina National Guard is discharging non-vax service members. That's now. That's in the United States. Despite what the CDC just did, despite the information they just released, North Carolina National Guard is discharging non vaxxed service members, discharging non-vaccinated service members. I, I mean, this is not not even backed up by what the CDCs are. So what what are they actually trusting here? They're just making their own decisions just like the other the girl at the, 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 the call co- the lady at the college was. North Carolina National Guard discharging non-vaccinated members, 12 soldiers getting discharged in a company of about 70, already dozens short of being at full strength. Religious exemptions have been pending for over a year. Right, don't forget, we just told you, Army cuts more than 60,000 unvaccinated guard and reserve soldiers from pay and benefits. You're taking their pay and benefits. Aren't these the heroes of yesterday that were saving everyone's lives? Well, no, now you're going to yank out their money because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, which is take a dangerous injection. Well, here's his article. Biden and officials scramble to escape blame for unlawful Pentagon order mandating mRNA troops. Why? Because it was the emergency authorized injections, not the one he told them was, which was the approved version, which is not even in, ex- in existence right now. It's on paper and it's nowhere in circulation. He got li- he lied. Thomas Massey called him out for it in front of Congress. And everyone was like, Really? We didn't even know that because they're wild down informed. As he says, lawyers representing America's service members are beginning to produce victories, defending the U.S. armed forces against forced compliance with biomedical gene therapy experiments. And suddenly, nobody in the Pentagon wants to take accountability for their legally dubious mRNA injection order. I wonder why. It all began on August 24th, 2021, when Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin issued a memo mandating mRNA injections for the active military but with the stipulation that this mandate only applied to fully licensed products. So either he was too stupid to know that that, he got tricked with that, or he knew it wasn't ever going to be that which they were going to use and pushed it forward anyway. When I say too stupid in this case, I simply mean trusting what he's told, which is stupid today. This was because the dossier understands it is illegal to force service members to take an emergency use authorized vaccine. Simple. It's, it's, it includes the documentation. It's right there. The point is uh, this, doc, this Dr. Terry Adrim, her deceptive memo described the emergency use authorization and FDA licensed vaccines as interchangeable. Remember this deception? Adding that the Department of Defense can use doses distributed under either emergency use authorization to administer the vaccination series as if the doses were the licensed vaccine. Now, she fails to note that the emergency use authorization vaccines were actually administratively interchangeable, administratively, but not legally. And we made this clear to you guys. Remember, they said they're they're legally indistinct or they're they're uh, what they say. I forget the term they used indistinguishable. But the point was they have different injections, the different ingredients. We showed you this the different variations. And the bottom line was whether or not it is still legally emergency use authorized and not approved. So it's simple as that, but she, she's just sidestepping the point. This should never, should have rendered any mandate unenforceable. Following the mRNA injection order, untold thousands of service members were coerced under threat of both administrative and criminal action to take the injection that they wanted no part of. Unsurprisingly, the mandatory novel gene therapy injection has harmed combat readiness and produced widespread, serious long-term injuries throughout the armed forces, which by the way, the, the, Insurance groups are talking about the, what's it? I forget the guy's name. We talked about the the, the military assessment of what they're dealing with. I mean, it is through the roof. 500 time increases in problems and nobody cares. The Pentagon's unlawful order is being challenged in court by lawyers representing all branches of the military. On Thursday, the Marine Corps became the latest service branch granted a class-wide injunction against the mandate. They're winning, guys, because they're right. And the point they make in the article, long story short, is this girl specifically, is now running from accountability, going, I wasn't the one. It was Austin that did it. Don't look at me. And all of them are acting like it's somebody else's fault. Well, guess what, Terry? You're responsible. But so too is Austin. And so too is anybody else that allowed this to happen because you guys didn't care enough to stand up and acknowledge what you knew was illegal because it was okay in the moment. The, the fervor and the, the discussion allowed you to make these choices because vaccine good no matter what, right? Well, as the truth and reality tr- trickles in, suddenly your tyrannical, unjustified action becomes more clear. You're not going to run away from it. But hopefully, hopefully, if we continue to push, the accountability will be there for everybody involved, including Fauci, including anybody else involved, because this is criminal. There's just no better word for it, guys. It's malicious and criminal. Thank you for tuning in today. Unfortunately, guys, I'm sure, I don't know if you can hear or can tell, but Sierra isn't having none of it. She is not, not going to last another two-hour show but I have it all lined up. I'm probably going to jump into it first thing tomorrow morning, and it's going to be all great, great reset-related. So apologies for the, the promotion of it. I wanted to get to it today, but it's all ready. I'll see you tomorrow for that. But as always, guys, thank you for being here and continuing to fight, Continue to push the truth out there because we need your help. And again, to, to in general, guys, the more support you can send the last American Vagabond today, the better because we are being attacked left and right. And all the the equity whatever you want to call it equity the buildup we got from things in the past like patreon and all the rest of it as we've been responsible about it has continued to diminish as we have lose. they attack financial resources every which way from everything we've dealt with and your support is important it continues to allow us to do this and what i would like is to continue to be able to grow into more writers and more work in the same regard so help us maintain what we're doing and help us continue to go forward because we can't do it without you I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.